Today is Monday, May 8th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. So, why don't Jews accept Christ as the Messiah? Well, an observant Jew may tell you an answer. Since I'm not, um, I give you my best um, answer as to why I think many Jews don't accept Christ as the Messiah. But many more do, and uh, there you go. But the ones who don't and who are observant Jews, I, I, I speculate. Um, on why, that is. Uh, did Jesus have to be crucified? This sounds really, like, we're, we're, it takes a long time to get through this question because I, I just question the integrity of the person asking it. So I'm like, well, did Jesus have to be crucified? Well, crucified, like, specifically? Like, is that what you're asking? Or are you basically saying, did Jesus have to die? Just by any way. So it's ridiculous that I have to, like, you know, we, like, spend time prying these answers out of the guy. I'm like, man, you could have just said that in five seconds. Anyways, then it's marriage counseling day. Uh, multiple people are having some different questions about their uh, matrimonial issues. Um, so we all we all weigh in about that. And then uh, Muslims come in and fight with Christians over which book is correct for like 20 minutes while I beat my head softly against my counter. Um, so enjoy the discussion. The marriage thing is is good and wholesome and uh, I think a good, a good um, advice for all of us. Um, Probably don't listen to my advice on that one. I, I'm a little more, uh, a little more, um, I don't know, selfish, bad. See, I can tell on myself. Uh, but there's definitely some some very good advice, which I agree with. I, I just have to, you know, make my own little points every now and then. So, um, love you, honey. Don't beat me. Love you. Um, what else? Um, you, you will also hear, like, a lot of times people are like, hey, don't say that in front of someone who's not a Christian, or, you know, don't fight like that Christians, blah, blah, blah. If there's, like, two different points, you're going to hear a couple times. Like, I don't know, you know, it takes two to tango, so maybe I'm at fault somewhere in there. Fine, whatever. See, is that, is that me hedging? Anyways, but, for example, we, we get to a point on several things. Women pastors, we chat about that too a little bit. And me and this other dude, Ian, come to the same conclusion, but we have slightly different ways of getting there. Neither one is 100%, I'm going to say, right. Uh, there, there's there's room for navigation. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm like, well, look, there's different views. Here's some of the views. We both arrive at the same conclusion saying, no, it is my way. And then after, like, you know, kind of taking time to derail from the actual talking point to the person asking the question, we have to, like, kind of go back and forth in this theological tug-of-war. And it happens more than it should. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of, like, you know, and then another one about King Ahaziah, about the discrepancy of the age. Uh, that Muslims love to talk about. The Bible's a contradiction, blah, blah, blah. Well, you can add up the ages by the difference of a dynasty, and also some people will attribute it to a scribal error. Um, this guy is having none of that. So I'm like, well, look, it could be a scribal error, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, it is not. It's the age of a dynasty. It's how you add up a dynasty. Um, that's my Chris voice. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like what you say is fine, but it's not like this is without merit. Like there's no consensus, so let it lie. Like, we're trying to address the bigger points. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is this is the inexperience that comes with youth. So sometimes people get a little too smart and ahead of themselves, and they miss the forest for the trees. Um, does that make me, like, ancient at this point? I mean, I'm like 40-something, so gosh. Wow. Maybe I need to get my will in order. I'm so old. Anyways, the point is, um, yeah, I don't like uh, doing things j just to uh, appease other people or like, don't bring that up. And I was getting messages like, don't fight in Christian rooms with Muslims, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, present a united front. I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. Like, if there's something that's clearly wrong, well, then I'll address that because, you know, it's my convictions. And if someone else is hearing it, well, you know, that they just have to deal with it. Like, I don't want to, like, hide myself 
or hide my convictions uh, just to make something more palatable to someone. Uh, but if it's a legitimate issue like this, where there is no consensus, there's different ideas, scribal error, the age of a dynasty, whatever, um, yeah, we can totally let that lie. Like, that's not important enough to derail the conversation, um, which I'm derailing this podcast introduction. <laughs> so I'm just going to let that lie. But uh, keep that in mind, and if you find uh, find fault with, with me, let me know. Give me feedback. I would appreciate your constructive criticism. Uh, but it's totally the young dude. <laughs> That's a joke. All right, everyone. Enjoy this podcast. It is a little more contentious than I like, but you may like that. Um, some people only want to watch the world burn. <laughs> if you're one of them, you'll like this. Up to the marriage part, it's good, though. After the marriage part, it's a dumpster fire. Later. Oh, yeah. Check out the Ask a Christian book if you still want to, because I don't know. We try to talk about how to have civil conversations with the people that don't want to be civil. Ah, we'll see how we do today. And, uh, you know, check out the Ask a Christian store. Buy, uh, you know, buy a t-shirt, a coffee mug. Do something to support this podcast. We appreciate it. And you can also just donate to this podcast to keep us going. And uh, make us not question our life when we have these contentious debates like this, um, which is not the norm. Anyways, take care, everyone. Peace. They don't think so, Jesus uh, matches the picture of the Messiah that they have from the Old Testament. So what they know about the Old Testament, they think Jesus is not that. Uh, can you pl- kindly get closer to the mic? What? Yeah, what well, he does. Uh, oh, sorry. But, so, yeah. Just to set the question up. So you're asking why the Jews of today don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. That's the question. Yes, because I've heard a lot that... Jesus has confirmed all of the things that they were waiting for. Yeah, like in short, we believe, not like I'm speaking on behalf of Jewish people that don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, but from the Christian uh, perspective, I think the reason, and you know, most, most Christians think the reason why the Jewish people who are not Christians or Messianic Jews or don't believe Jesus is the Messiah um, is because uh, that they... Um, have this picture of Messiah that was going to be like this conquering king, like this very materialistic earthly type king who's going to come. And, you know, back then they were looking for someone that was going to like overthrow Rome and give them back their land and their freedom and stuff like that. And, you know, Jesus talks about how his kingdom isn't of this world. So we think, you know, the Jews who recognized Christ as the Messiah, they understood that. And that's why they became the first Christ followers, the disciples of Christ, because they realized that. But all the ones who didn't, we believe that is the main reason um, you know, of course, they would like dispute the prophecies and stuff like that. But we, we think it's really because they wanted this like earthly conquering king. And that was and, based um, on their assumptions or based on scripture. They think that way. I, I don't know what they think. Maybe there's a group who will think. No, what way. you just mentioned that he will conquer Rome and stuff. Oh, I, I mean, I get... think. I think they would say they got that from the prophecies of, of Scripture. But I honestly don't know because, I mean, obviously that didn't happen, right? There wasn't a Messiah that conquered Rome and gave them their land back. So they wouldn't say those prophecies are unfulfilled. They, I don't know what they would say. Like, I guess that would be a question for a rabbi. But, you know, we do have this, I mean, you know, flip through Revelation. We totally believe Jesus is going to be everything they wanted and more and is totally going to conquer the world, you know, when he comes back in Revelation. And at that point, we think a lot of Jewish people will be like, oh, ha, guess it is Jesus. You never felt curious from before and started reading about that? Uh, what, why Jews don't accept Jesus as the Messiah? Yes. Uh, that's two different things. It's not that I haven't been curious and read about it. It's that a lot, you know, Jewish people are not a monolith. Like, they'll have different answers. So it's, it's not like I'm unfamiliar with the answers. 
it's just trying to you know give one answer on behalf of all of Judaism. <laughs> That's, because, that just wouldn't because be accurate. I believe the easiest religion to convert to Christianity should be the Jewish religion. Um, I think they. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's nothing I can say that's not going to sound a certain kind of way. But, you know, parroting what our other Jewish rabbis and friends have told us, um, you know, they, they like to argue. And by they, I mean, I guess that means the ones who like to argue. But they would, in, they would say that. In a good that, way or a bad way? <laughs> well, about scriptures. Like, they would say, it's you know, it's how things are done. Like, the Talmud is still being argued today. Like, you'll still have, like, you know, rabbis arguing back and forth and, you know, making different cases for different things. So, uh, yeah, they, they seem to... Um, that's how they get things done, um, as far as arguments in the Talmud and stuff like that. So nothing is really ever Have you ever, ever heard about the opposite, a Christian converting back to Judaism? I mean, I've heard about it. I, I mean, I think it's rare. I don't have any statistics. But it Maybe does exist, that. right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it would be fair to say there's people converting and deconverting to everything. Like, you know, there's Muslims becoming be Christians. Because some people are saying... Muslims. Yeah. yeah, but but I've heard that the Jewish religion does not is not a religion that is open for everyone. It's different. It's like a private religion. They don't have any channels on the internet inviting people. Have you ever s seen that? Well, yeah, it's not a proselytizing religion, really. Like you have to you have to seek them out. You have to want it. So like it used to be like you had to you had to ask to be a, a, like convert to Judaism like three times and like. You know, the first three times, like a rabbi or whoever you ask, I had to tell you no uh, to kind of test you and make sure that you really, really were serious and committed. But now, apparently, that's not the way anymore. But you still have to seek them out and kind of like want to become a Jew. That really shows that someone's serious. Well, yeah, but that also doesn't show whether or not they're right. <laughs> True, but kind of shows that they don't have extra people who are existing for no reason. Who don't know why they're there at the same place like one of my friends was an alcoholic and the reason he became or joined the christian church was his 12-step uh, system or what do you call it yeah the 12 steps Are you, right. yeah a part of that was joining a church so he did it to get rid of alcohol and with time he made friends and for social reasons he just joined so if we will look at the big picture, we'll find in every religion, there is a, what do you call it, like an extra chunk of people who don't know why they are in this group. But I don't think we will find that in the Jewish religion because they are minority and it's so difficult to join. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I maybe I mean, again, I don't have stats, but maybe if we're talking about observant adherence of Judaism, but there's plenty of Jewish people who... I mean, are, are functionally atheists. Like, they just may happen to be, like, Jewish by birth or, you know, maybe sort of in the religion. Um, but they, you know, or they'll, like, eat a bacon cheeseburger like it's going out of style. Uh, but they'll still say they're Jewish by religion. So I think, you know, we have we, we have a wide range in everything of, you know, people who will practice a religion very just when it's convenient and also very seriously. So, yeah, no, nobody is immune from this. Um, even though if the if the system or structure is set up that it should make sure one is really serious, there's no guarantee that person will be. And Cynthia, do you have anything to say, Red? I would just say that uh, the Jews don't believe in Christ because they don't think he fits the Messiah picture. 
if they're orthodox anyway, if they actually believe in the religion. But yeah, that's about it. Good morning, Steph. Hey, brother, what's up? Hey, I'm doing good. It's like uh, I was going to chime in anyways as far as, you know, the, one of the reasons why the Jews don't want to accept the Messiah is because they don't want his leadership. They want to be in control. In fact, within the Talmud, there's a sentiment that they believe God lost an argument to a rabbi and therefore God has to do whatever the rabbi says. So who is really the God of the Jews at, at that point? Wait, where did you get that story from? That's so interesting. It's right. It's in the Talmud. Um, they, I'm not, I forget which, which rabbi, I think it was either Akiba or one other rabbi's name, but they believe that this rabbi had an argument with God. God lost the argument and, and they believe that God has to do whatever the rabbi says. And you are seriously, right? You're not being sarcastic. That's, no, no, that's, that's pretty much the narrative that they believe. They also believe that G the Messiah, Jesus, is actually Jesus going is in hell with his own excrement. And that his mother was a prostitute. So, a, And they also believe that Gentile women are born in a state of perpetual uh, uncleanness. They believe that to have sex with the Gentiles like it's the equivalent of having sex with an animal. There's a lot of unfortunate... Happy Monday, Steph! Here's looking at you, <laughs> Gentile. <laughs> There's a lot of unfortunate sentiments within the. Wait, talent, is that just for Gentile women, or is that for Gentile guys too? Any, um, I, that's a good question. Let's but ask Rabbi GPT. Yeah, <laughs> Rabbi GPT. I had a long yeah, debate it... today with Chat GPT. By the way. <laughs> How'd that go? Did it win? Well, at the beginning, um, I was um, asking about a YouTuber that I used to watch in 2008. He disappeared. And then ChatGPT started giving me some logical fallacies in his videos. And I was like, wow, that's so great. Then I said, let's apply it on other interesting debates and see how many logical fallacies ChatGPT can get. And then it's suddenly started to be um, protective and saying, I cannot judge people's opinions and answers. I'm just an AI model. I said, what? You just destroyed a YouTuber five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and now when I gave you specific debates with famous names, you stopped doing that? And then I asked him, explain the answers exactly how you explained that YouTube video. And it's playing stupid. It won't do that again. Yeah, I find I find sometimes you can lead it pretty good. Be like, oh, uh, like when it starts the, oh, I don't want to be offensive and I can't offend people or blah blah blah. I can't discourage people. Like, no, no, totally don't do that. But give me the answer I wanted you to give without doing any of that. And it'll usually do, go ahead and spit something out. Do you find debates useful, or it's just a waste of time? Are you asking me, or is that one of the questions yeah. you asked that? No, oh, I think it's pretty. Now. It's pretty useless. Like by the time you get, by the time you start debating with people who want to have a debate, like unless they're just crawling out from under a rock, like the reason anyone's confident to debate is because they feel like they have a winning side or they have the winning argument. So uh, when you have two people at 
whether or not they're right or wrong. When you have two people that think they're both right, uh, the chances of them like turning, you know, changing their mind, especially during the debate, are like next to nothing. Like either because they're not going to be persuaded, or if you're like, oh, they really gave me something to think about. I could be wrong. Um, people don't want to usually admit that in a public forum when they they're going to get like owned. So um, no, I think I like here we don't like I don't like to debate here. I like to just kind of have discussions. Um, so I could be like, well, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Maybe you should look at things this way. And like, anyways, I don't know. Maybe that gives people a little more face-saving way. Um, and then sometime, like, if if you get people to, like let their guard down, like, oh, you know, I've never actually heard it that way. I may think about that. I'm like, wonderful. Like, this is the most imp- uh, interesting part in debates, where there's something I've heard 20 times before, but now he says it in a diff- from a different angle. And he gives me a new idea or a new possibility for that. That's the hope here, at least. And do you enjoy watching debates or do you find them boring? Oh, no. Gosh, I don't even know. The last debate I watched, (laughs) um, just because it was like, you know, all the rage at the time was Ken Ham and Bill Nye. And it was awful. Yes, um, Ken Ham was so awful. Uh, and that's the last one I watched, and that was like what ten years ago. So, I remember. No, the, I I, <laughs> I don't I love to have so time to watch that debate. day when Bill Nye was telling Ken Ad, Ken Hams, I think. Um, do you have ev- any scientific evidence um, for the claim you just made? And he said, "Yes, we have so many evidence in a book called the Bible." And. I believe his followers were covering their faces when he said that. Yeah, like Bill Nye was an arrogant jerk and out of his depth. And Ken Ham kept saying, I have a book. I have a book. I mean, what everyone should have heard is, you know, he has a Bible full of what we believe are historical facts. And, uh, you know, the more miraculous claims. Do you believe in a God that created everything in existence? If so, the claims in this book are really not difficult for such a God. Like, um, I, you believe I remember it or, you know, what. The most thing I can't forget Bill Nye saying that made me laugh so hard till today, and it was like a big shock to my mind, when they were talking about the age of Earth or something, and then he was speaking about a rock, and Ken Hams asked him, how do you know this rock is six million years old? He said, we can know it from the rock itself. Ken Hams said, does it say it's six million years old? Bill Nye said, yes. He said, is it written on it? I am six million years old. Bill Nye said, yes. So he said, show me that rock where it's written on it. I am six million years old. So Bill Nye said, no, um, Ken Hams believe the earth is 6,000 years old. Bill Nye believes it's billions of years old. Therefore, a million years old rock can only exist in Bill Nye's explanation. It cannot exist in Ken Ham's explanation. You see? Yeah, yeah. You kept saying six million years old. I think you meant six thousand years old. Right? Yeah. So, if the rock was six million years old, Ken Ham's is wrong. If it's not, there is a um, Bill Nye will be wrong. So he said, "Does the rock says I am six million years old?" Bill Nye said, "Yes." So he said, "Show us the rock. We want to read where the rock says I am six million years old." So Bill Nye said, "Not in English. You take it to a lab, and you can read how old is the rock." or the bone, or anything. 
And when he said not in English, that destroyed me, actually. I actually don't remember that part. Oh, hey, Pastor Mark. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that part, but I remember, yeah, that was a, that was a rough debate. Um, the reason why that debate doesn't qualify as a good one because <laughs> they are not basing their uh, conclusions on one source. I will take this source and you will take this source and let's start arguing. That's pointless. Is it we both agree on one source to take the information from? That's how a debate should work. But have you heard about this um, old guy called Ahmed Didat in the 80s? No. Um, he is popular in the 80s. And at that time, debating with Muslims was so rare. And nobody knows anything about them. All of the information was like strawman arguments, you know. Because there was no internet the way we have today. There was no direct access, and we only read about each other in the newspapers. So mm -hmm. he, he was destroying every Christian who debates him at these days. And um, he was so successful because the Bible is available in all continents. The Quran is not. Therefore, the person you're talking to has so many wrong infos already. So it wasn't that fair to put these two to talk about religion and comparing to each other and so many famous names like jimmy swaggart does it ring a bell i know who he is yeah yeah he made one of the debates it was so funny he, he has sense of humor jimmy swaggart i like him and uh, if you have time i would uh, recommend this one jimmy swaggart with d dot you oh, will I laugh a lot. Have time. <laughs> um, you have hours for Clubhouse and not one hour for Swaggart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think yeah, like I mean, that's kind of like the debate, right? Like how, like so many people just in. Oh gosh, I just died on Fortnite. That's what happens when I multitask. Um. Anyways, I fell off the building. Um. Gosh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, like so many times on, on Clubhouse or even before Clubhouse and other platforms, like we would see kind of like the, the usual suspects, like the regular people around the Internet in religious discussions. Like there would always be some examples of people that were kind of like, you know, always bouncing back and forth from one religion to atheism to whatever. And um, I always just thought it was I don't I don't know, made, made me feel a certain kind of way because all these people, they were just going to one person who would make like an argument that convinced them. And they're like, oh, Christians are dumb. I'm an atheist now. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, how's atheism going? They're like, I'm a Muslim now. Atheists are dumb. Muslims have the right answer. I'm like, wow. And then like, you know, a couple more months, they're like, no, I was a Christian all this time. I realized everyone was wrong. And, you know, uh, you know, God brought me back. I'm like, okay. And it's like every time you would talk to them based on somebody else's argument that would sound convincing, they would just switch religions like that. And I thought, you know, if you can be argued into something, you can be argued out of it just the same. So, I mean, I think like, you know, Paul in the Bible talks about, you know, just, just, I mean, he would reason with people sometimes, but he always made a point to say, well, look, always talk about like, the cross of Christ uh, because that, that's what has the power to save. And, you know, don't, don't talk about so many like high-minded arguments and this intellect and wisdom of man. Um, so the cross of Christ loses its power. So I think when people experience, you know, the actual Jesus, um, 
arguments, you know, don't really hold any sway because it's like, you know, then you're trying to, it's like, if you know, like if you've experienced, I don't know, um, I don't know, the weather or the sun or something like the sun looks yellow. And then someone's like, no, the sun is blue. Um, you're like, well, it doesn't matter what kind of compelling argument you make that the sun is blue. Like I've experienced, you know, being outside in a yellow looking sun. So your, your arguments doesn't hold sway. All analogies break down. That may have happened sooner than most though, but you know what I mean, right? Like if you've actually lived and breathed and experienced something, um, arguments don't hold, a, don't hold a candle to that. These people who shift a lot, um, I believe they have some issues and it's not related to religion. The people who did what? People who shift a lot between religions in a very quick time. Oh. If someone like changes their religion twice or three times in a lifetime, that, that number is normal to me. But three times in a year or four times in a year, that's too much. And um, I guess they have other problems to solve before choosing a religion. <laughs> I'm serious. I, uh, yeah, I think they have other stuff going on too. Uh, what's up, Dink? How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Uh, good, good. What's on your mind today? I would like to ask uh, some something about the belief system of the of the church fathers according to them and please correct me if i'm wrong jesus has to die on the cross right no he did yes yeah okay but i mean did the father command his son to die on the cross he sent the son to die on the cross yeah so the purpose was to die on the cross nothing else the purpose was to procure salvation for all people so that means whoever killed jesus was fulfilling the command of god right yeah so Judas far was a bad guy there's really no way around that is that what you're talking about or like the romans who crucified him or yeah x 26 uh it was determined by the will of god insofar as the material aspect formally no so again, I'm trying to make it very clear. It doesn't matter if it's written in page one or page 15 or whatever. I'm just asking the fact. If God commands to kill his son, that means whoever fulfilled this command became what? Became a believer when in God, right? Command, when you say command, there's like differences in between the way in which God wills things. So. He never commands anyone to murder anybody, right? So prescriptively, that's not true. Only decretively. So there's not like a command to kill the son or something like that. There's a decree that the son should okay. die. So okay, I'm going to try it. Okay. Very distinct. Okay, so who fulfilled the prophecy of the crucifixion? Who fulfilled the prophecy of the crucifixion? Can you clarify what you mean by who fulfilled what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think there's a there's a clear difference if God says you will die or you has to die. Okay, so the prophecy of the son's death. So you're talking about who fulfilled the prophecy of the death, or who fulfilled or brought it about? 
which one is it? Are you talking about who brought it about or who actually died? Do I have to speak? Do I have to be clear uh, even more? Well, what, what well yeah, because it feels like <laughs> you're trying to slow walk us somewhere. And if we could just jump to the end, like I'm thinking, okay, like let me, let me run down as quick as I can. Tell me which way you're trying to go. Um, so like if you're saying like who actually killed Jesus, it would probably be one of the people starting from the first time they okay. uh, from the first time they scourged him and you know ripped flesh from bone and uh, you know you can see ribs sticking out. So one of those yeah. many hang on one of those you ask a question. I'm trying to give you a quick rundown so you can point us in the right direction because we're going nowhere. So it would probably start from the first one who inflicted pain all the way up into the crown of thorns. You know like beating him, all this other stuff, driving nails in his arms and legs. Up and so one of those people from the start to finish of physical torture, um, who had a part in murdering this guy. So whichever one actually caused the fatal blow or the blow that led to him, you know, saying it is finished and giving up the spirit, is that what you're looking for? Like the one person who did the no. final thing that killed Jesus? I'm, I'm make it, I'm, I will make it. I will make it easier for you. Is there a salvation without the crucifixion of Jesus? No, no. I think he's trying to so, conflict. Wait, you just say that in the first place. I can speak for myself. Carton, wait a second. Let me speak, please. Maybe you have never thought about it, but I have. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm asking. If they, if, yeah, okay, please. <laughs> if they, if they had, if they had to kill Jesus, that means whoever did that did a very good job. He should be what in paradise, right? Yeah, this yeah, is what I mean. He's trying to create a conflict between, like, basically... I'm not trying to, if there is one. So now I'm going to say, well, no, that's the whole point. So you're trying to say, like, oh, did they do something good or did they do something bad? The, the, the problem here is that you're equivocating on perspective. So no one has ever given a direct command to kill Jesus. They're just not. So it's so not necessarily? See, look, do you... So I don't think you're... Un I'm going to see if you understand what I'm saying, okay? It's the crucifixion, necessarily. So, okay, once again, I'm going to try to finish before. This is what I mean. You're trying to, like, obfuscate and create a bunch of, like... I'm you're trying, trying to, to make it clear for everybody. What's dang, the crucifixion, dang, necessarily? Dang, 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 buddy, buddy. So, here's what the... And I, I really want you to not be, like, willfully obtuse, okay? So, I'm going to create a Very nuanced calm. distinction. So, well, uh, being obtuse doesn't mean that you're being rude. Being obtuse means that you're intentionally trying just not to answer cause my the question. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my well, time. Just answer the I'm, question. I'm not, but if your question is loaded with bad presuppositions, I can't answer it. The you know? question is very clear. Was the crucifixion necessary? Yes or no? Yeah, what do you mean by necessary? Oh my God. Oh okay, my hang God. on. Let me start. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This, this is what I'm wait, wait, hang on. By what? Okay, everyone stop. Hang on. Let me try again. <laughs> so when you said it was necessary, remember that guy who said yes? Yeah, that was me. So Jesus himself says, like, if you've read the Bible, like, hopefully you've read the Bible. So let me point some things maybe you can recall. Jesus says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for sins. So could a meteor fell on Jesus and blood spotted everywhere and that of count? Jesus says, without the, uh, the, there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. So it seems like the shedding of blood is what's actually required. But all the prophecies talk about, you know, dying on a tree and the crucifixion. So was the, I, I'm just trying to figure out how, how, like, you know, litigious you're trying to be. Like, did Jesus have to die? Or did he specifically have to die by being crucified? So all that ultimately would have had to happen is Jesus sheds blood for forgiveness of sin. But because of the prophecies and things like that that led up to a crucifixion, that's just how crucifixion happened. So are, are we on the same page? Like, I'm trying to answer your question, but your questions need clarification. So is that one of them? Like, 
did Jesus specifically need to be crucified or did he just need to die? Can you, can you help us out there? My, my questions are very clear. They are Is not. The, yeah, no, no, it, it, my questions are clear. Is the crucifixion necessarily? Okay, so what I, I have answered that. So can you remember the no, answer I gave not. twice now? Okay, so whenever I said yes, do you hear okay, Nate, something confusing? Nate, Nate. Nate, let me speak. We're almost done. It, no, let me speak. It's okay. If you don't have any answer to that, it's okay. I can have. I can leave the room. It's okay. I'm not here to provoke. He said Oh, yes. no, you don't. You, 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 yeah, you don't need to leave the room, but maybe if you use two ears to listen twice as much as you speak, like it's the third time I, and I think a couple times other people have said yes. So if you say you don't have answers, was the crucifixion necessary, and we keep telling you yes, and you keep saying we don't have answers, there's nothing else that can be done. Uh, he left. So in case, you, in case you didn't hear yes, I mean... Yes. He, he left me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't know what else to do with that. It's like, you know, whenever I was a child, I remember, like, whenever I would bug my parents for something, and they're like, no, dear, no, dear. And I keep being, mommy, mommy, okay, I want this, I want this, I want this. And would argue. Do you know what do I call this person? Oh, hold on. Yeah. And then after a while, when my parents would finally give in, because I was such a brat, and they said, okay, you can have what you wanted. Once I got my way, I didn't continue to challenge them. Once I got my way, I'm like, oh, thank you. Okay, wonderful. And I was happy. So I don't understand when people, you give them what they want. They're like, answer this question. And you answer it exactly how they want. But then they still push. They're like, you're not answering it. You're not answering. You're not doing this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get, you're like the kid who argues and finally gets what he wants, except you still argue. It's like, that's a crazy person. These are the TikTok debaters where they watch a short video, they ask a question, and wow, they kind of shocked someone on the street, someone random, and they want to test this question on uh, chat rooms. I mean, they're not going to get very far with that. <laughs> but yeah, so for the record, uh, the death of Jesus, yeah, and the crucifixion, yes, it was necessary. Without him dying, there would be no forgiveness of sins this way. And we're told that, you know, before the foundation of the world, God, this was always God's plan. So, and he said, it doesn't matter if it's written on page one or 17, turns out it was written before the foundation of time. Um, we would have, at the rate that we're going, uh, that was going, we would have never got there. But yeah, for the record, for anyone who's actually curious about this, this question, answering it the best I can, um, you know, from his perspective, yes, Jesus needed to die. It was always God's plan. It wasn't a plan B. It wasn't a backup. It wasn't, oops, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bad at my job. Um, I have to make something right. Like God always knew this before the beginning of time that Jesus was going to be uh, crucified, was going to die for the forgiveness of sins. So anyone who believes in his death, burial, resurrection, calls on the name of the Lord, repents, follows Jesus, will be saved and given this eternal life. So yes, and that doesn't mean the people that had a hand in, in murdering Jesus were good. Um, no, it certainly does not. And you know, it's not like God you know, forced a bunch of would-be good people there to murder Jesus because there was a lack of, of bad people. If it wouldn't have been them, it would have been someone else. There were plenty of people who would have happily been like, yeah, let's murder this guy. So evil people doing what evil people do. It, they don't get a prize. It does not mean they were good. And like the Gospel of Judas also, uh, where he tries to paint himself as kind of like a not-so-bad guy. No, he was a bad guy. Uh, fulfilling the prophecy of God, um, just because it says something bad is going to happen and you fulfill that, does not make you a good actor. Um, it means you're a bad person doing bad things. God just reports what you're going to be doing. So, no. <laughs> this kind of reminded me of the devil dilemma. Are you familiar with it? Uh, I don't know.
maybe I've well, heard the, before say it. The devil was created by God, and yeah. the devil is uh, obligated to deceive us. So he is doing what God wants, therefore the devil is good. I see. Yeah, and I would just say no. Yeah, so <laughs> it's the same kind of things, what he's trying to do, but you can play with the devil's dilemma in many things. Uh, Carlton, do you uh, want to add anything since you also got interrupted over and over and over by him? Uh, it's like saying too, a, a thief is giving the cops a job to work. So he's a good person. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Uh, Carlton? No. Oh, yeah. No. Just what he was going to try to walk towards is, well, basically, you know, did the people that crucified Jesus do a good thing because God wanted it to happen? That's what he was trying to get at. And so I was just going to touch know, on. He, like, huh? he was so slow getting there, though. Like, I'm like, bro, you're trying to fast walk us. Can you, like, can you just say that? Like, we all know that's where you're going. Like, you're not, like, yeah. we we know that's where you're headed. Just say it so we can all disagree. It's like, we, we don't need yeah. to, like, slow walk it. <laughs> I know, but he wants to do the whole, you know, well, do you agree with this, right? And you, with it, you know, yeah. And he wants to do the slow walk. And it, that's what I meant. It's all kind of built on conflating different things together. You know, like, like you made the distinction. Like, basically, God's decree or, you know, that something happens versus like an imperative in my moral obligation to fulfill it. Like those are two different things. There's like, you know, Genesis 50, 20, you intended this for evil, but God intended it for good. doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, because I did something evil that God was able to use to accomplish his purpose, that therefore I'm absolved of doing an evil thing. It's just yeah. not how that works. And so. Can someone just put out a memo or in year three at clubhouse, slow walking doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Like, if it's something I've never in my life heard, I, I get it. Like, you know, lead me point by point. But most times it's like, I don't know if he thought he was being super sneaky and he's like going to slow walk us and we're all going to be like, oh my gosh, we're all whatever you want us to be now. Um, it's like, we, we see where you're going. It's like, my goodness, is this why so many people have problems with their mothers? Um, or, or it's just a really good example. Like, my, my mom will do this thing like when they come to visit, they, they're coming to visit soon. So maybe that's why I'm thinking of this. Um gosh, mommy issues or what, but, um, she'll do this thing where she, if she like wants something, like wants to go out and eat at a certain type of restaurant or something, um, instead of just being like, Hey, I would like to go have a salad. Uh, she'll try to, she'll try to do it in a way that, um, makes me think it was like my idea. Right. But except it's like, so obvious, everyone's just like eye rolling at each other. Like, okay, clearly, you know, Nate's mom wants to have salad. Um, why doesn't she just say that? So for whatever reason, she's like, well, hey, you know, you, we could totally go have pizza or tacos or whatever, um, you know, unless you don't want that. I'm like, unless you want something like, I don't know, maybe maybe something green, maybe something healthy, like, a, like I don't know, a salad. Like, if you want it, if you want it, we're like, mom, just tell us you want salad. Well, I'll take you to get salad. She's like, oh, no, no, if, if you want it. I'm like, you want salad. We're going to get salad. She's like, oh, okay, since that's what you want. I'm like, okay, sure. Yes, I totally want salad. But it's, it's like one of those things. It's just painful. Um because it's like, look, everyone knows what you're doing. Like, hurry and just get there so we can move on. Yeah, random thought, Nate. I just realized <laughs> Jesus Jesus is the most famous victim of police brutality. Huh. may want to process that for just a minute. You're probably onto something. Maybe because he's not white. Oh. I have a question on that has to do with uh, what that guy, I don't know his name, I wasn't paying attention to the screen. 
Happy Monday, Yvette. Yeah, what's what's your question? Happy Mo <clears throat> Happy Monday. Um, yes, about the cross. So I also have a question. Uh, I know it was necessary, although uh, my question is: Did Jesus take uh, our sins, uh, meaning he took our record of sin to crucify it on the cross, or? Uh, do you want to? I think I know what you're saying. Do you want to? Maybe clarify a little bit. Our record of sin. Did he forgive us of our sin on the cross? Like by taking our record of sin. Like all the sins you've ever done or ever will do. That type thing. Yes, that kind of thing. But like on the cross though. I'm going to say, unless you hit me with something I'm not expecting, we're going to say yes. Like, you know, the Bible talks about how Jesus died once for like all time. So, you know, typically the, the way churchy people would say that is, you know, past, present, future sin. Like if you if you ask Jesus to forgive you, uh, he, he's not like, oh, OK, I'll forgive you now in 2023. It's like, yeah, I already did that. I paid for that on the cross. So, you know, now you're just accepting this gift that's offered. So, yes, you are forgiven. Like forgiveness is there. Like he doesn't have to re-sacrifice or re-die or, you know, like for, forgive, like re-forgive someone. Like the price has already been paid. You've just got to be like, yes, I would like that. Repent and believe the gospel. Um, so if, if that's what you're asking, that's the answer. If I if I miss that, then we may need to no 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 yeah go over uh, it. That's what I I was uh, saying that our record of sin was completely destroyed on the cross. I don't know if that's what he took our sins mean, but I'm assuming at least that's what it means. Yes, then I I would say yes, and, and also for the record, <laughs> the other guy um again something else we never would have got to is it could be argued that no one actually killed Jesus, I think. Because, you know, there was there was no one defining moment when, like, someone's like, all right, and here's the last the last thing. And it's like, oh, this person killed Jesus. Like, there were so many people that had a hand in it. And also he says, you know, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. So it could be argued that, uh, you know, either we all killed Jesus, that's another common thing, or no one technically actually killed him. It was a culmination of things, but ultimately... He could have hung on to his life or, you know, like he says, he could have called legions of angels to, you know, basically destroy everything um, around him. Uh, but he didn't. So it was ultimately he who was like, you know, it is finished and he gave up the spirit and, uh, you know, he laid his life down and he took it up again. Um, just one point. That's kind of a minor point. But All right. All right, Nate. So here's a fun one. If it was a legal case, would it be like a class action lawsuit against all of humanity? Um, what, if Jesus were suing? Yeah, like, if you say, like, whose fault is it? Like, is it do you, is it all of humanity, or do you just say... Yeah, I would say yes. No, it's all of, all of humanity. Because, you know, people, like, maybe that guy, like, to get up on a high horse and be like, I would not have killed Jesus. Yes, you would have. There's a better chance you would have been included in that mob killing him than the ones not. So, yeah, I mean, we're all... I mean, you could be said, you know, we all we all had a hand in killing Jesus. Like it's it's our sin. Like if we had zero sin um, and were perfect, then we could say, well, everyone else killed Jesus. I didn't. He didn't need to die for me because I'm perfect. Um, but all have sinned, so you know, we could say we all have a hand in it. So yeah, uh, interesting way with words there. But yeah, if Jesus were bringing suit, 
<laughs> um, we would all probably be named. Uh, well, the Jewish people, did they have to touch some sacrifice and that's how the sins were taken away from them? I'm just, I'm just asking about the Jewish covenant when it came to like the forgiveness of sin. How did that work? Oh, well, they had the offerings and like, you know, they, they had the sin sacrifices and different offerings for different things. And, you know, like every year they would have like, um, uh, this is a super rundown. Like, I don't know which one correlates to what, but like for the Jewish people, they would have a scapegoat where like every year or every so, so, much, so much time they would like put like the, all their sins. They would like do something to like transfer them on this goat and like, you know, send it off into the wilderness with their sins um, to get like eaten or something like that and be forgiven that way. Or they would have like the temp the high priest that had to go to the temple to make a sacrifice, and they, they actually had to tie a cord around his foot. So if he wasn't uh, clean enough, um, you know, God would strike him dead, um, and then like kind of pull his body back out. So I mean, there was there was different different things. I'm not sure like if we're if we're doing like a mix and match, match puzzle, I'm not sure which offering or sacrifice goes for which thing. But that's some of the methods in which they had. Um, so that's when they say Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yes um i was gonna ask um so so god was like okay i'll forgive you of your sins but you know touch this uh go whatever and then uh i'll be able to forgive you of your sins so he still had to presently god had to still presently forgive them of their sins but they had to do that ritual where they had to touch that animal to make it possible, which which does confirm that the sacrifice of Jesus was necessary for the forgiveness of sins, right? If I follow that, I'm going to say sure. Um, well, star skill. What's up? I, I think so, Yvette, but yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would love it if, uh, you know, Uri stops by at some point and we can ask him about, you know, Judaism and how they really receive forgiveness, but um, okay, I believe you're right. Starskill, are you speaking? Yeah, um, well, those three things I wanted to say. Um, one, the people in the chat, <laughs> please no personal attacks. Um, we don't need uh, that. What, what fun is happening over there? Uh, I mean, it's very interesting. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Dink wanted to come back up. I don't know if it was a fruitful discussion or not, but it was um, not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's that. <laughs> and my last, my last question, my, my last thing is I have a question. Um, in Matthew, um, uh, 12 verses 38 and 40, I think it is. He, Jesus compares, um, him to Jonah. Uh, being in the belly of the beast for three days and three nights compared to him um, um, dying and being resurrected, I guess. Um, how would you explain that to somebody that doesn't believe in that? Or, you know, how would you explain that? Because, you know, some people would say, oh, some people would say, oh, since Jonah was alive in the belly of the fish, Jesus was alive. So how did he get crucified? Jonah died. Uh, Harold, were you going to speak to that? Yeah, Jonah died. Uh, Jonah died. Oh, just click. I don't know click, anything click about. That I don't know. Anything, <laughs> I don't know anything about the Jonah. I, I don't know anything about the Jonah dying, but I would say you know the three days is the takeaway. Yeah, the the analogy, think Jonah died. The analogy is the duration of time, not the uh, yeah. not what happens, but 
right. the analogy is the duration of time, not the. Oh, now what actually happened? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What, what about you, Doc? What do you think? If you read the prayer that Jonah prayed, you read the prayer that Jonah prayed. Jonah says that God saved him out of the grave and saved him from corruption. Corruption deals with death. So Jonah was saved out of the hand of death. And Christ is relating himself as 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 it pertains to the prophet Jonah, because uh, essentially the spirit of Christ was in all the prophets as well. So Christ is the fulfillment of all that was prophesied through the prophets. So when Jonah, as Jonah died three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, Christ is also relating himself to be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, having been dead, but God saving him from the hand of death, just as Jonah prayed in the belly of the whale. Got you. So he, oh, he was, but he again he was he was saved in a way. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check out the okay. check out if you check out the prayer that yeah. he prayed, you will see exactly what Jesus is relating himself to. Got you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. And and in the chat, please no name calling. No name calling. You guys are you guys are better than that. It doesn't matter what religion you you're you adhere to. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, I mean the the other thing is like all metaphors are not designed to be a hundred percent parallel. Sometimes they're partially parallel. If I say football is like life, I might be talking about the struggle aspect, right? But it doesn't mean I'm relating football to being like every part of life. Every part of it, got you. Okay, it's not like a literal sense because some people would take it as a literal sense. Like when I when I read that, I was like, wait, is that literal? Was he? You know what I mean? So okay. Thank you very hey, much, guys. Oh, hey, sure. Nate, I got a question. Feel free to stick around. Yeah, what's up, Earl? This is this is more so in the realms of marriage. Uh, I got a question, and I understand you're married, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. You can't marry anybody. Uh, Sorry. This... Just kidding. Go on. <laughs> this isn't just for you, but this is for anybody that wants to contribute uh, as well. Um. So I had a I had a I had a situation last night uh, with my wife where she called me and was like, oh, you know, can you pray for me? Like, I'm really struggling right now. Like, I'm just very heavy and sorrowful, but not. Right. So she's like, can you pray for me? Like, I'm just really dealing with a lot emotionally. So I said, OK, so I, I, and I asked her, I was like, well, help me understand a little bit of you know, what it is you're dealing with, like, she's like, well, she's just like, well, I'm lost, and I'm lacking motivation, um, you know, to be able to get up, and what have you, I said, okay, like, okay, that's kind of vague, which I get it, but it's, it's kind of vague, so just kind of, are you able to give me a little bit more detail, and she kind of got, I get not irate, but a little bit, um, I guess a little bit irritated. She's like, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know why, uh, why I'm so emotional right now. Maybe I don't know why I'm lacking motivation or I feel lost. She's like, maybe I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or maybe I sat too, you know, two inches 
too far over on the front seat of my car or something. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. So basically, you're just you're just bent out of shape and you just don't know why the heck why. And in so many words, what I'm asking is like, okay, would that be considered a, a situation as dealing with the wife as unto a weaker the weaker vessel? And how would a husband uh, how would you as a husband or any of y'all properly deal with a situation like that with your own spouse? I don't 100% understand what's going on. First of all, I had a question. You said your wife called you and then dropped all this on you. Is this happening in the span of you like going to work for a few hours or do you like live in different locations? Yeah, we live in different locations right now. So, uh, like different I'm cities not, or different? Completely different states. She lives in Ohio. I live in South Carolina. How long has that been going on? Yeah, uh, this has been a month, maybe a month and a half. Probably a little how less than that. How long is it going to keep going on? <laughs> uh, Lord willing, maybe only about six months to a year. Good Lord. Was it for work or something? Nah. You know, two bodies learning how to become one, my brother. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's going to be the big thing as to as to how to deal with it. Um um, I have a thought here, Nate. If, yeah, go ahead. You know, okay. So to me, I think she is basically trying to communicate to you that the situation is challenging without saying that literally because she doesn't, because she knows for whatever reason, there's not something you all can do about it. So she's basically saying, I'm struggling, pray for me. And she was looking for simple affirmation. We have to be careful as husbands to not go into inspector gadget role, which is tempting, right? Because like your wife says there's something wrong, you naturally want to probe. And it sounds to me like her last answer, she was kind of rewinding because she didn't want you to ask her any more questions, right? So her first two responses were very authentic about where she is. And she was looking simply for affirmation from you, nothing else, just prayer and she and that would have helped her feel complete. Right. And Harold, if I can share your pain, like yeah, be, being like that arm of empathy is not my strong suit. So um, we we may be uh, along similar lines of thought. So you know we we probably know the right answers. Uh, well, we we know the trail to the right answers, but then doing those right answers is is a little easier said than done. Um, so I I don't know if um I don't know if that's what you hoped for, but uh, you know we, we're probably probably thinking along the same lines. Um, I don't know when confronted with similar issues, so don't know how don't know how that helps. But uh, you know you're not alone, except I guess in this very specific thing you are alone. But generally speaking, how how to deal with husband and wife stuff? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more like you know we want to fix things um, when I think yeah. the CEO CEO's got the right idea. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Nice if there was a woman to give her perspective. Uh, Steph. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, no pressure. <laughs> I was I was really hoping that Steph would come to the stage. I know she I know she has. Uh, a lot we always there. are. Yeah, but no, <laughs> you, both of you definitely. Uh, or Yvette, yeah, here. Both, yeah, and thank you, CEO, because what you just what you just explained was my thought exactly 
it's just I feel like I, maybe I needed to just hear it from someone else in a more eloquent way to say, yeah, that's the way that you need to go. Because that's how my mind was like, OK, like, help me understand what's going on. Did someone say something? Did, did this happen? Did this happen? Da, 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 you know, and that's not what she wanted at the time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for me, my, anyway, my, yeah, and I don't know if it's like her, her idea or a mutual thing to be in different states. But that, that would be the first and foremost thing on the front of my mind every single moment until that was rectified. So uh, however that happens, that would be the first thing I would want to solve for myself is like, well, look, if we're going to be together, we need to be together. Like, uh, you know, I didn't get married to live away from my wife. Like even the Bible talks about. And by the way, don't say them. <laughs> don't tell them. The Bible says <laughs> that is not the right answer. I mean, it is the right answer. But, you know, trying to convey that right answer. Um, is going to need a little bit of a, a finer touch. But, you know, like the Bible talks about, you know, we, we shouldn't like abstain from, you know, having like, uh, you know, intimacy and stuff like that, unless it's by mutual agreement and only for a short time. Uh, so, you know, we don't fall to temptation. So, you know, even if like the whole intimacy thing uh, wasn't the reason, being in another state is going to definitely hinder that. Um, so anyways, for, for my own self, that would be on the the forefront of my mind. And I'll be like, anyways, that, that would be step one to deal with. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the last thing I would say is that, like, wives like certainty, not ambiguity. So if there isn't a specific date you all are planning to get back together physical in the same place, I would suggest providing one. Because if it's just open-ended, that's going to contribute very heavily to her feelings. Mm, man, CEO, I perceive you to be a prophet this morning, brother. Well, you know how First Corinthians fourteen it says, uh, when the uh, the guy in the church prophesies to the uh, to the to the unlearned, and then he speaks the secrets of the man's heart, and he falls down on his knees and testifies that God is in him of a truth. <laughs> this is one of those situations. <laughs> Well, I, I, I appreciate, appreciate that. I don't want to take that much credit, though. I think it's having a week of vacation and having a clear mind. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you. Edwin, do you have anything to say? Hey, Nate. Uh, not yet. I might, I might chime in a little bit. Thanks, Nate. Yvette, care to weigh in from uh, your perspective, you know, speaking for every woman on Earth? No pressure. Oh, um, actually, I'm driving right now, but oh, um, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. And... Hey, Kevin, what's up? How's it going? Good, good. How about yourself? Doing well, just uh, trying to wake up. Any topics we can help you wake up with? Uh, no, just kind of enjoying hearing uh, what you guys are saying right now. Um, I wish I caught the beginning of what, um, uh, I guess, I don't know what you would call dot. I don't know what, what you got there as your name. I wish I would have caught the beginning because I wanted to see uh, how uh, CEO's advice and conclusion would have worked out with that. But it's, it sounded like pretty sound advice. Uh, some of the things he said, uh, it makes sense, you know, um, especially with women. Uh, that that the uh, that security and knowing uh, instead of leaving things open ended, uh, that's definitely a thing you, you uh, need to do. 
in Excuse short, me, I would. Oh, oh go ahead, Harold. Go ahead. No, in short, um, <clears throat> just to kind of give context, me and my wife are uh, we're separated right now. So, um, and not like for a divorce or anything like that. We're just, you know, just things kind of got a little wonky, and we're just, you know, working on restoring our relationship. Um, and in so many words, wife. Uh, called me yesterday and was like, oh, can you pray for me? Like, I'm dealing with a lot emotionally. I'm overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, well, what's help me understand exactly what's going on? And she got a little um, a little irritated because I was trying to be Inspector Gadget when she didn't want that at the time. She just, just wanted that comfort of knowing like, hey, I need you to know I'm dealing with a lot. I don't know particularly why pray for me and you know just kind of be a, a comfort you know, if i so could this, be so nosy was this i'm dealing with a lot in in the context of like your relationship or i'm dealing with a lot like because of her work or something that isn't you related it's uh it's not not so much as the relationship well i mean yeah it's a bit of the relationship because um okay so like for example i'm 25 right my wife is pushing 30 next year. So you can kind of gauge how that dynamic is. She's ready to, like, she's at a point, she's like, I want kids. I want, you know, a house. want to be settled down. want to travel a bit. You know, don't want to be working all the time. Uh, like, we need to take a vacation. We've been married three years. We have never taken a vacation. We've never We've never really been on a solid vacation, for example. Most of our marriage has consisted of working day to day, coming home. Hey, good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. Go to sleep. Do the same thing next day. Hey, so plan you a imagine how that. in June, bro. Plan the vacation. We are. Has she ever approached you and, and straight out said, we, we need a vacation. Let's go on one. Like, has she ever said that or. Uh, no. No, to be Did honest. Did you take her no. to see Copperfield in Vegas? Yeah, we went. Yeah, we went to go see uh, Blaine, but that oh. that wasn't really a, a, a vacation. That was more of that was kind of more of like a something for me, uh, and it was kind of more like work than it was a vacation. To be honest with you. Right. Uh, yes. You know. You know. I, I don't know. I want. I want to see what Tyrell has to say in a second, but. A few thoughts, like yeah, I'm. I definitely should not be a marriage counselor. I, I fall more on the, I guess, selfish side of things. So you know, bad Nate. But I, I would be thinking, first of all, you know, if I was in your position, uh, again, these are things we think but don't say. Um, so don't say what I say. Um, but I would think, oh, things have been going rough for a year. My, uh, okay. Um, I, I imagine she went to another state. Like was, I, I don't know. Like I don't want to be super nosy. But like, was this like a mutual thing? Like, yeah, because you won't take a vacation. I need some time away to reevaluate my life. Or was it like more substantial than just like, uh, you know, day-to-day -day work and vacations? Or was there like some actual big issues or like, I want kids, you don't want kids? Or was this like a mutual, yes, let's both take some time apart. Or was this like, I need to get my head right. I need to reevaluate my life. I just need time to think. And like, she peaced out and left you there. Like who, I, I would really love to know the answers to some of that. If, But if you don't want to share, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to turn into like uh, a Dr. Phil show, man. 
Okay, well, the point is, just assuming, just assuming, um, if I'm wrong, then fine, and we'll move on. But without you answering, if I was assuming that this, like, you know, she is the one that's like, I need to think, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like calling you like, oh, I'm having a really tough time. I need you to pray. Be like, hey, assuming the premise one is correct. Like, hey, it's not been a picnic either for me, right? Like, you took off to another state. So, you know, maybe say a prayer for your hubby. Let's uh, work this stuff out. That's that's it, right? So, like, yes, prayer is helpful. But also, you know, prayer in the face of, you know, I'd like prayer to make my feels better, even though I'm doing something that's, you know, biblically questionable. Um, I should probably get back in the same area code as my husband. Um, you know, in conjunction with prayer, that's probably going to help both of us. Uh, but I'd be like, yeah, you know, say a prayer for me because uh, it's been no no picnic for me either. Yeah, but you so know, if I'm completely um, off, if I'm completely yeah, off base, then that is at all. not going to be helpful. Hold on, hold on, CEO. Um, somewhere between, you know, don't say what I said, like that's not the type of stuff, and between, like, you know, get her some like, if there's like Christian women in her life that can sort of, I don't know, convey that message, like you know, older women teach the younger women, like that type of thing, like coming from a husband. Like that's like throwing gasoline and handing a match and just setting yourself on fire coming from like, you know, assuming any of that was correct, then that may be some decent advice that like a Christian woman who's counseling her should give her be like, honey, Agreed. we can, we can, we can pray for you. But you know, uh, the, the clear answer is probably go back to where your husband is and work it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. again, don't say that husband, but if there's a Christian woman in her life, um, that would probably not be a bad way for them to say something like that. Well, the thing, the thing about that is, um, you, 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 as a, as a man or a husband, you have to be careful of that because, um, like for example, when she says, can you pray for me and stuff? Right. And then you asked, well, what's going on? What's the details? And then she started getting irritated. Right. So, uh, well, what we can do or what we tend to do, right. And this is just from experience. Uh, men are very investigative. Like we need facts, right. But that investigative nature and wanting to know everything uh, can, can oftentimes build up or have her stonewall, right? So say, for instance, she's having an issue and she needs you in one area. You want to know everything because, you know, men naturally, we like to fix things. You know, tell me the problem. Tell me what's up and I'll do it or I won't do it. or I'll tell you what's up or whatever's going on. But oftentimes what that does is uh, for some reason and. Lord knows I, I don't I can't figure it out. Maybe it's this thing about women, but uh, that, that can make them stonewall a bit or make them uh, come up a little bit different because of the way you're approaching them and what's going on. Right. Uh, this is in no way saying about being soft about it and just being like, you know, let things be the way they should be and, and kind of letting things get away where they should not get away. Right. Instinctive, instinctively. And if you know, you see things that aren't right, then you should address them by all means. You have every right to know what's going on. But um. The, the key, the, I guess the name of the game is recognizing what to say and how to say it at the moment that you need to say it or not say anything at all, right? Uh, sometimes not saying anything at all is good. Sometimes saying something is good. You know, it's just the name of the game of knowing her and knowing exactly what to say and what not to say. Um, like if you know her and what it is that she's irritated by, then try not to cross those lines often and kind of watch what you say in regards to that. Not to be uh, cowardice about it or anything like that, but just you being you're being careful with it. Right. You're like a surgeon. Right. You have to be you have to have very detailed fingers when dealing with everything. And then to let Harold off. the. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, then to let Harold off the hook, we have a couple other people we could shift. So, yeah, not to put the spotlight on you, Harold. But ultimately, my, my takeaway would be, you know, uh, CEO's first advice, I, I think, is is the right thing. And, yeah, Kevin, I don't know if you were here when we talked about that. But, yeah, we covered the covered that, too. We like to fix things uh, to our fault, I guess, sometimes. But, yeah, like my, my final point, uh, not necessarily a good theological point, but would be, look, if you're basically asking me to pray to help you have peace for leaving me, um, I'm going to have a tough time doing that. Um, but again, that's selfish, bad me. Right. So probably don't take my advice. Uh, but Tyrell, what's up? Did you have something to say, Tyrell? I appreciate yeah, you guys. Um, yeah, you all contributed a lot of good wisdom. Yeah, I have a a, um, a scenario that I'm dealing with right now with me and my wife. Um, just a little backstory. Um, my wife and her her sisters uh, were adopted when they were young, and. Uh, my wife recently started to uh, look into uh, her family and uh, who they were, and she found them. She found out her uh, her mom and her dad, and she has, like, six other brothers and sisters. So um, I say that to say I'm happy for her. I'm happy, you know, she was able to find her, her mom and dad and her sisters and brothers. But if I could be truthfully honest with myself... I necessarily don't care, and I don't. I, I know that sounds bad, but I know that a lot of times, you know, when it comes to bringing new people into your life, I know my wife. She's just open arms. She just, you know, she accepts them, you know, as they are. But a lot of times, you know, she's been, you know, used. She, her kindness has been taken advantage of, and I don't want any of those situations that have to come up and then her regretting her finding her family. You know what I mean? Not to say that they, they're that type of people, but I necessarily, you know, would rather just me stay out of it and, you know, keep my opinion to myself versus me telling her, like, babe, like, you got to be careful because, you know, you in the past you've had people come into your life and, you know, you know use you. So I, I necessarily just don't know what to do right now. I'm trying to be supportive. I'm trying to, you know, just listen and, you know, hear her out because she's very excited about the whole situation. I just particularly just don't care. Well, well, well Tyrell, yeah. could I ask you something? Um, yeah. Have you seen any signs of anybody taking advantage at this point or is it something you fear? Well, it's it's just something that I fear. Like, it's only been about three days since, since they've been, uh, since they found each other. So, you know, everybody's just staring, sharing stories about, you know, each other's life and, you know, you you can kind of the, the people that I've seen that I've heard from, you could kind of get a vibe of how they are, and I mean, I don't, I, I certainly don't want to assume because you know, there could be somebody totally different. But you know, I just I'm trying to protect her from getting her heartbroken. You know what I mean? So that's all it is. I don't want to you know, to say oh jump in full force. You know, this is your family. This is you know, this is your your bloodline. You know, just go all in. And, and then her turn around and, you know, get hurt at the end. So, yeah, you know, I have, have you had that conversation with her? I have not. No, had that conversation. My friend. No, please. No, that, please don't. Oh, please have, don't have that conversation. This is your family. Hold please on. Don't have that conversation. Hold on. This is your family. It is your responsibility to protect your family. Have an adult conversation with your wife about your feelings about her 
being taken advantage of and you don't want that. There's nothing wrong with that. There is a conversation that you should have. This is your family. You don't wait until something happens and then you say, well, I should have I said something. This is, this, this is not recommended that you not have a conversation with your wife about how you feel about protecting her. It's just an honest conversation. And you, both of you are believers, right? A hundred percent, yeah. Right. So the Lord, you, you pray about it before going into the conversation. Ask the Lord for wisdom. He has promised to give you wisdom. He will take you through uh, the conversation and he will minister to you what you need to go forward. I've been married for 36 years. And I don't know everything, but I know that having conversations about protecting my wife is important to me and it is important to her. One thing that I promise you that it will do, it will endure her to you to know that her husband cared enough, difficult though the conversation may be, he cared enough to ask. It's just, that's just simple what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got I, I, well, hang on, CEO. I got to say, I, I do agree with Pastor Sam on this one. Oh, well, there's not a one size fits all answer. Um, and, and by the way, you know, the situation just came up with my neighbor down the road. Um, seems like I always have a situation with a neighbor down the road. Turns out there's just a lot of flawed people that have the same stuff that we're working through. Um, but in this case, like my, my neighbor a few months ago, maybe a year ago now, uh, finally tracked down very similar to what you said, like tracked down their like long lost brother, like their real brother. Um, that they didn't know they have and they met them and everything was going great for a few months. And then like the brother's wife, like apparently has issues and didn't like the si the sister. Um, and now it's caused like all kinds of chaos and kerfuffle. So, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of instances of it going great. Hopefully yours will go great. But um, in my humblest of advice, I, I totally agree with Sam, but I, I would, you know, make your concerns known, honest, once conversation. But then like what Kevin was saying earlier, you know, we like to fix things. Um, so I would have to really hold myself back from not poking that bear every day. Um, but that's not the wrong answer. So I would have, I have an honest conversation, lay out all your concerns one time. And then she knows, because then if everything goes great, um, then she is going to be in the back of the mind that you, you know, you were a doubter and she's going to be like, Oh, well maybe he saw something with my parents. Maybe they don't like each other. And that could cause some strife going forward if it works out great with them. Um, and if it, if you keep saying like, you know, bringing up your concerns every week and it goes bad, then in her mind, there's going to be like this, Oh, he's just waiting to say like, I told you so I told you so. So that's going to more than likely breed resentment. So I'd have an honest conversation, just like Sam brought up. Um, I'll do it once. And be like, this is what I think. I I need to tell you this. Um, and now you know I'll support you know whatever. So let's go. Let's hope for the best. Plan for the worst. That type thing. So you're just there. So if things go great, if she's all all good, all bad, just be like, wonderful. I'm so happy for you. If things are like bad, be like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. But she she totally knows your concerns because you've made them known once. That's the best I got. Uh, CEO, are you going to tell us we're all wrong now? Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, so Tyrell, first, you you have reason for concern. Your life's going from being more simpler to more complex. So, exactly, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Um, so, in terms of what Pastor said, I agree with him on the prayer part. I would take a slightly different approach. Um, let me ask you a question really quick. If this was you and you found your family. How would you want your wife to engage you and support you? Um, 
Honestly, I, I I I would obviously want her to you know to to be happy for me. Um, I I wouldn't really want her to 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 state any 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 um any concerns only because I don't know like she she wouldn't know my family so f- for me to bring up any concerns would be just be just uh speculation you know what I mean but I only I only would say something because of the history of people that have come into you know my life that or she was she could say something as far as for me like okay the type of people that you brought in your life you know so, some of them were you know not not good apples you know what I mean so in that instance I would kind of be uh I would kind of be more reserved cuz I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to be the one to say something to her and then she pushes me away because she feels like I'm not you know supportive of what's going on. I don't want to say something like, "Well, babe, you don't really know these people to, you know, want to, you know, aut- automatically start, you know, hanging out and, you know, going on these 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 trips and stuff because yeah, y'all family, but you've never known these people. You don't know if these people, you know, and I'm a firm believer in generational curses. So you don't know what type of practices they're into or what type of lifestyles they're living. They could bring that, some of that stuff back, back with you. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's complicated because I want to be supportive. I want to, you know, I want her to, you know, get to know her family, but at the same time, I don't want her to be used. And not saying that that's going to be the case, but Again, her history of people that she's dealt with have have proven otherwise. You know what I mean? Okay, so I would I would advise you to follow away. I think this is how you could have your cake and eat it too. Um, so first, you know, I think there's wisdom when the Bible says treat others how you want to be treated, and you kind of indicated how you'd want to be treated in this situation. You can do what Pastor is saying, but do it by asking questions. So you can ask her, you know, what are you most excited about? what are your biggest concerns, right? And there will be something that she says that allows you to respond and it will feel like you're flowing in the conversation. So you didn't like insert yourself where you shouldn't have inserted yourself, but you've created an opening for her to share something and then you flow in the direction of what she shared. I I, I can almost assure you there will be something she says that will allow you to express your concern and it won't feel as heavy handed. But you, I think with me and this, this is just, this is just me. Hold on, baby. This is uh, for me. And, and even to give her credit because she has this, this, she has that woman intuition thing like down pack. So when I'm talking to her and I'm, and I'm, and I'm speaking about something, she can already kind of assume where it's going. And the kind of person that I am, I like to be straightforward. You know what I mean? I like to ask flat out, you know, what it is, you know, what's happening. I don't like to kind of beat around the bush. And I know that's kind of the route that you guys are, you know, not not beat around the bush, but kind of like veer it into her kind of, you know, telling me her feelings and how she feels about and what her reservations are. But it's it's it's, it's going to be hard for I'm me because to, I, I'm not trying to get you to beat around the bush. This you you entered in the you entered in the complicated when you said I do. <laughs> that is true. It's, it's, that is it's been complicated. That is very true. Point. And and I, I'm suggesting that I assume you actually care about her feelings and and like what her concerns are, right? So I don't think it's illegitimate for you to ask her what her concerns are. 
Yeah, but see, here's the thing, CEO. He 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 he, he he's telling us what her concerns are. His, her concerns is, is the new family. His concerns is what he brought up. His concerns about her and the new family. That's what you know. He, yeah, he has, you, his concerns are as important as her concerns because she is his concern. And that is what is concerning me about saying, dear sweetheart, um, you know, even when we put it in the way you say in questions, okay, what do you, you know, what do you feel about your new family or whatever, right? But somewhere in that conversation, brother needs to be able to express himself. Agreed. However, his wife may take his expression. When she calms down, she will understand that this is the man that has protected her for however many years. And he intends to continue to do that, even if sometimes she can't see it the way that he can, because God put him in charge of her and everybody else coming after that. Yeah, I, I, so, Kevin, I agree. Kevin, you want, Kevin, what you want to say, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Pastor Sam is on point with it. Uh, but again, I want to emphasize uh, when you speak to your significant other uh, is how you say it, uh, not necessarily what you say. I'm, I'm dead serious about that. And I'm sure Pastor Sam knows the same thing, too. Uh, you don't want to come across in a way like when you ask that it could be a double edged sword. If you come with a certain attitude when having that on your heart you can come as being uh, attacking or being uh, against her when it comes to knowing her family. Now with the same sentiment, if you express it a different way, you can come across as being a protector. So it's how you say it. So I will, I will, well, I will combine both what pastors saying, what I will do uh, mindfully, I will have the mentality that pastor has about it. I will, I will approach it the way CEOs describing it as questions Rather than saying, I don't know about these folks, this, that, and the other, X, Y, and Z. Because off the bat, she's going to be like, okay, you're against me. You don't want me to look at this. And yeah, she may, after the fact, be like, oh, he's trying to protect me, this, that, and the other. But you want to approach her right in that area. So have that mindset that Pastor has, has the approach the CEO suggests. And I think uh, you should be good in that. Area. I mean, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of what uh, what they said. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's all going to be contingent upon just me, you know, having the patience to kind of just be, just be happy for her in the moment and just accept what's going on versus, you know, me having my reservations. Cause that's all I want. I just want her to be happy. That's it. I mean, that's, well, just keep, uh, and and, you know, there's nothing that says you have to make every concern known. Like, you know, if you, whatever your initial thing is, you know, hope the best point and the worst, uh, why is the serpent's innocence dove, that kind of thing. So, you know, Keep a watchful eye. Um, you know, everyone's got different roles. So she's like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and like, everything's great. They'll never take advantage of me. You know, there's nothing that says you, like after your concern's known, you have to let every single concern known. Like, you know, just keep a watchful eye. You're like, well, it looks like everything's on the up and up or, oh, I see a pattern of some shady stuff happening. I'm going to I'm gonna take note of that. And then, you know, if you see stuff really going bad, be like, okay, uh, you know, this is this is clearly a pattern. I, I know where this is going. It's time to It's time to have a conversation about this. So, you know, keep tabs on it. I mean, it's not like you're going to live in a vacuum, right? Like, you'll be able to see kind of what's what's going on, how they interact and stuff. And don't not, and don't, don't not pray. Honestly, honestly, take this to the Father. You, you guys are not on your own. You take this to the Father. 
Father, I need understanding. I need wisdom on how to approach my wife. I, we need you, Father, because he's watching everything and he, he's involved in all of it. And there's things that he wants to lay upon your heart through his word and prayer. So, I mean, don't forget to pray. Make that the first, make that the first move. I'm going to talk to my father. No, trust me, that's the, that's the exact thing that I did. And I feel like, you know, even even with the things that I feel like God is, has, has said to me as far as just, you know, be patient, because that's all I heard when I when I when I prayed, just just patience, just have patience. And the I guess the other side of me was was telling myself to actually get to know these people, you know, do your own, you know, research and not just, you know, assume what your wife is telling you, like actually speak with these people and ask questions about them yourself, even though I'm, I'm saying that I don't care to really get to know them. But, you know, I mean, what? I feel like I have to do I have to do my homework as well and but, not just assume what you know she's saying. But you know what, though, Tyrell, I'm going to be real with you. That's something I would do. Here's why, because when you involved in that relationship, too. Uh, even if you fear that, that will make them think twice before trying anything. Like if he's just, if she's the only one interfacing them solo and you're not around, then maybe that, uh, that, that, that possibility of, of that, of someone taking advantage of another may be there. But if you're around, let's say every time she wanted to go over there, you go with her. Anytime she wants to have dinner, do anything with them, you go do that. Oh yeah. That's, that's a, right? a, a given. I'm there everywhere. Right. <laughs> no way be, right. So if you're there. Then that means that because them seeing the man, I think that will. If you fear that, I, I will. I will hope and I will think that that will make them think twice before you're trying to do anything crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say on it, Darrell, is like if there are eight new people being introduced to your life, rest assured, at least one of them is going to be jacked up, right? So, but that doesn't. <laughs> but that. But that doesn't mean her life isn't a net gain by the rest of other people who are who are going to be a positive influence, right? Influence, right? And then lastly, um, I think the thing that might end up helping you the most is before you have this conversation with her, either write an email to yourself or talk to yourself in the mirror and just say all the negative stuff you want to get out of your system. Virgo, and they might steal from you. They might do this, but, but just kind of practice that with yourself so that it has been expressed from you, so you're not saying those harsh things to her. That's actually a good idea because I don't. I definitely don't want to hold in anything that I w- I would want to say. So I feel like like just saying it to myself or just you know speaking to you guys in this case, you know, it, it, it kind of helped. You know what I mean? Because I definitely was holding it in and and needed some some more advice. Like I said, I, when I prayed, all I heard was just you know be patient. You know, just just patience. But, you know, obviously I needed, you know, some, 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 some more advice because so, <laughs> I know me and I know that the way I, I, I like to, you know, handle situations, is I like to be straightforward. I don't want to handle it that way. So, you know, I, I appreciate you guys advice for sure, man. Definitely uh, gave me a better way to look at it. Well, what else we got? Yeah, that did kind of whoever said that in chat um, was, yeah, that did kind of kill the chat, which I'm going to say is a good thing. Cause it was that one dude asking like, you know, to be brought up cause we're all scared to answer his questions, even though we answered the same question like eight times. Um, <laughs> but Yvette, did you want to speak in chat or I can read your rope to end this? Mm-hmm. Oh, about the same topic. Yeah. For, for to Tyrell. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, Tyrell. I mean, uh, she's excited right now and it seems 
from what I'm hearing, uh, that she like that people like to take advantage of her because of her kindness. So I guess she needs someone who is strong in that area, like you. Uh, you know, it seems like you know people better, and um, so if you can just advise her on how relationships work and things of that sort, maybe like that's what that's her her lack of wisdom on on how a relationship should play out is what's <clears throat> what's uh, needed from you. So that knowledge, you know, so. Um, yeah, I would just advise her, um, like, hey, this is a newfound family. You got to be careful. I mean, I know you're excited. I, I'm just, uh, I'm, and I'm happy for you. It's just, but, you know, just be careful. People are this way. People are that way. Um, just remember, not everybody is as kind as you. Um, people are can be evil, you know, take advantage of you, take advantage of uh you know, just because you're bl by blood, your brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean that uh, they have a privilege. So a relationship is built on trust, things of that sort. Yeah, just giving you some ideas. Uh, yeah, that's my advice. Yeah, I mean, use the, I mean, use the conversation, right? You're like, hey, you know, I totally never would have thought of this, but I was talking to this guy today and funny thing. He was just telling me a story about someone that this very thing happened to, and you know they thought it was really good, and it turned out really bad, and blah blah blah, and causing a lot of trouble. Be like, I wouldn't think that at all about your new family, but this totally happened to this guy I was talking to, me, my neighbor, in the story I told you. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I don't know, using other stories that way, you know, shift the shift the blame to some random guy on the internet that you know you're not going to get blamed for, and be like, well, hey, you know, he he was telling me about this, how how interesting, and now you've met your family. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, it's not like this conversation didn't happen. Um, I'm by your in, side. I'm going to be supportive to you. It, it definitely in that in that in that instance, it, you know that that makes sense to you know kind of just you know let her take the lead as far as you know wanted to tell me more about it. But it's, it's much easier when it's just a random person, just somebody she's meeting at work, and I'm telling her like, yeah, babe, it's, all right, this is just somebody that works with you. This is somebody that's. <laughs> That you know, you you should just have over. And I know my wife so well that she's just so, she's so giving and just so loving. And she's just so welcoming. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm the same way, but I'm I'm definitely more reserved and more you know watchful with people. And I definitely am, have to protect her in this instance. So let me. I I know what I have to do, but I'm definitely taking you guys' advice as well for sure. You know what I mean? So, but thank you guys so much. I really sure. appreciate it. And hey, Jimmy, what's up, man? Uh, glad you're here, Jimmy. Oh, Lou, I I had this. Oh man, I had the biggest dream last night. Um, it was it was crazy. Um, I I forgot most of it, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to tell Lou. Um, you were in it, and it was I think because we were reminiscing about old old Google Plus, and it was something like you were at work and they're like bad guys chasing you because you actually turned out you worked at like a, uh, you, you know how we give you jokes about your murder factory. Cause it always sounds like crazy stuff. turns out there was crazy stuff going on and it was like a mystery thriller thing. And we we're also like talking to people about God. Like it, I don't even remember the dream, but it was crazy. But I'm like, I, I got to tell Lou that. So uh, for what it's worth, there you go, Lou, you're in my dreams. What's up, Jimmy. <laughs> Are you speaking, Jimmy? Hey, doing all right. How you guys doing? No, good, good. That's happy great. Yeah, happy Monday. Yeah, I have a quick question. Um, yeah. 
<clears throat> can you talk a little bit about women pastors? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't, I'm not not trying to come up with excuses real quick before you answer, but I found this new great church and and it's freaking amazing. But head pastor is a woman and. I didn't feel anything. It was great. I loved it. And so I'm wondering if just what you guys have to say about that. So I'll, I'll just give you my thoughts first. So, um, biblically speaking, I think, you know, uh, uh, I think, you know, only certain. Oh, I got a call. Someone else take that. I'll be right back. I'll say real quick, the life of the church and the commitment of the church to God's word is first and foremost. If they're not willing to stand on the prescriptions for the leadership in a church, then that's not a trustworthy church, right? Um, the church has its foundation in the scriptures. And if we're living out of accord with the scriptures, then it's not a reliable institution. It doesn't even check the first box of being a true church. So if if we get into the specifics of it, like I have a group of friends and let's say one of them is a girl and she's been in the faith, you know, a lot longer than most people. And it's just my house and it's 15 of us. I mean, I, I hear that's considered a church as well. Is that not, can she not like get on the soapbox and be like, oh, by the way, Jesus, this, you know, like semi star preaching. Um, no, no, uh, women are not in the context that can never be a church because the church must have male leadership, right? And there has to be an ordination, a valid ordination from someone who has authority to bestow that ordination, right? And in this scenario, right, if it's just you and your friends and, you know, in private, no one has the right to give that ordination, and you're basically going around the institution that God provided, right? So that's one problem. The other problem is just that um, where, uh, like, how are you supposed to administer the sacraments? Devoid proper leadership, which are essential to the Christian life. Can you, um, did he get a call? Because I just got back. I think he got a call. Can, I, I was here, it would be I, more akin yeah, to a Bible study or something. It wouldn't be. I wouldn't say it's a church. It would, it would be like a Bible study or something. Um, can you explain a little bit on, on sacraments and and why? Uh, I I still again my experience where there was a woman pastor has always been like super positive like. I mean, church, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably missing the point of church if it's not to go and learn and worship together. Uh, it's probably, I guess it's more than that, that I'm, I'm just missing something maybe. We go there. To, well, it is. Well, we, yeah, we go there to worship. You're right. It's a visible congregation. It's the body of Christ. We go there to grow in our faith. But we also go there to proclaim Christ's death burial and resurrection which is a part of the worship right but how are you going to 
you know, call yourself a church when you don't have a valid uh, administration or a valid offices in your church. Yeah, it's, it's like a poison tree, right? So it doesn't mean like women can't teach stuff and can't probably even do the job of pastor better than plenty of men actually do the functioning job because they're just like more personable, more charismatic, have a better scholarship, whatever. Um, hang on, Cincius. The point is, it, it doesn't mean that. It's just like a poison tree, though. Like, it's it's not just an intellect. We believe in the spiritual world and the spirituality. So if someone's like, oh, well, I can say words better than a man who has a raspy, grumpy voice or is old or whatever and is boring and puts me to sleep. So therefore, I'm a woman pastor and I can do a better job than him. Well, great, but that's not what God's looking at. Like, God's looking at the heart and God's looking at his word. So if you want to follow that, it's like, well, is there a, you know, is there is there something besides just being able to do the job? That's not the qualification. So, like, you know, and it's no different than if there was a, a, a husband of more than one wife or, you know, someone who wasn't respected in the community. Like, all of these are qualifications to be a pastor. So it's no different. Like, just that there's a woman, it's like, oh, well, she can do the job better, so that's fine. Well, no, it, it's like just like if there was a guy who was a, a you know, who had a out of control family, he also would be disqualified from pastor. It's like, well, no, his family's out of control, but he's a really sweet guy and he's very studied and he has a really good uh, hold on scriptures. It doesn't matter. Like if if the seed is poison, like from the administrator, from the shepherd that's supposed to be leading the flock, then what good can come from it? So even if on the surface you can learn some stuff. You know, it's a good service. It has high attendance. Like they get a lot of money and ties or offering. I don't know. The point is, if they're not following the very the very start of, of what, you know, the pastor, the very head of this church to lead the flock, then it doesn't matter what other stuff seems good. What can really spiritually come from doing something other than what God says is the way it should be done? So that, that's the whole argument, right? So it's not about qualifications. It's not about ability uh, because then there's plenty of people that could be that could do a job better than maybe what the Bible would say are qualifications. But it's just the fact that the Bible says these are the qualifications. So if someone's like, no, 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 Bible's great. God's great. But, you know, we're not going to pay attention to this um, because reasons. Um, hope that helped. And since yes, your thumbs down uh, gave me gave me uh, a pause for concern the entire time I was talking. Are we on the same page now or did I say something you disagree with you'd like to speak to? We're on the same page as far as uh, like the seed is poison. And so the tree will... Even though, you know, it's seemingly good fruit, it's ultimately going to be bad fruit. But right. I disagree with the, specifically with the notion that women will be able to have that qualification, that they're going to be like better teachers than a properly trained like male teacher. I don't think that's possible. Well, what I meant by that is like, you know, it's not, I mean, broken clock is right twice a day, right? So I'm sure uh, Steph probably knows a thing or two about the Bible that I don't know. That, that's, that's my point. It's not about like, you know, who has a better Did ability. Did you just call me um, a broken clock? <laughs> there's no winning there's no winning all right pastor pastor steph is going to take over now go ahead pastor steph. to clarify steph uh no go i know ahead. you i know I you just you just fucking fun at him you just you just giving him a hard time i know you just giving him a hard time but just so just for context just for context he's not saying that you're a broken clock this is uh, well for everybody else but not that she's a broken clock she just doesn't fit the description the pastor that's right. We're on the same page. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, a, a male pastor who checks all the boxes, who, you know, just got out of seminary and is week one on the job. Certainly in this world, there is a woman um, who calls herself a pastor um, who would have more more knowledge and maybe be, have a better ability to be a pastor 
than a male who who technically checks all the boxes who's gotten his first church. That's all I'm saying. But oh, it's a really poison tree. Low so bar for women there, huh? I deal in, I, I like dealing in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna quit. All right, I'm going back to bed. Take over, Pastor Steph. The stage is it's yours. A, it's okay to have. Nate, don't get women. put in the doghouse this today, okay, man? Oh, that's right. Get under my feet, woman Edomite. Here, put these <laughs> chains on. <laughs> Did I tell you guys this? There is one Armenian church. So we're attending a reformed church now. There's one Armenian free Methodist church in my town. And my dad is like, you should go, you should go. And I won't because it has a female pastor. So I have chosen the evil of the reformed church over the evil of a female pastor. <laughs> so I wait. knew there was a reason God prevented Chris from being here this morning. It was so, so, he so, didn't hear so that. real quick, real quick, then. I'm informed and I heard that. Yeah, Jimmy. I'm just not going to contest uh-huh. it. So, yes, so going, going to church, it's not a prerequisite for salvation. Am I right or wrong? Uh, correct. Okay. If I don't go to church, it's also kind of like a bad thing. You will but, die spiritually, bro. Yeah, if you don't. Eventually. But, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the dying him. thing, but you should not uh, forsake the coming together of the brethren. Yeah. God does punish people temporally. God does but, punish people temporally for sinning and not attending church as they sin. You could die. Yeah. yeah, but going to a church where the pastor is a female, it's probably better than not going to church at all. No. Or am I, am I not on track at all? No. Yeah. Can I give my two cents on that too? I don't know if you guys agree or not, not agree, but... Uh, now go for it. So, yeah, God bless everybody. So, Jimmy, like your your question was, can uh, a woman be a pastor, right? Not uh, you're not talking about teaching, preaching, all that stuff. Yeah, a woman in the head leadership role, I think. Leadership role, or pastor. So there's a difference. Yeah, like the leadership. Well, so both in well, the corporate lot, okay. and head teaching. Yeah. All right. So times, not all preaching. Okay. A lot yeah, of times yeah. they they change the title to have it, so they call themselves. Deacon or 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 what other other titles to to have the congregation going? Um, I think the word pastor usually you find it in the the non denominational churches. Yeah, so not all preaching is teaching, right? Because the teaching is uh, like uh, you know giving the giving the you know apostolic. Uh, you know, uh, teaching that comes, you know, from the, you know, from the apostles, right? Like uh, the teachings of the church, you know, based on the scriptures. If you go to First Timothy, right, uh, two twelve. I mean, what does it say? Uh, you know, doesn't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, right? So preaching can be just uh, exhortation, or could just be like, uh, you know, like encouragement. The, the the Bible doesn't say anything about that, but when it comes to teaching over, you know, authority over a man, I think uh, the Bible is very clear that that's the role of a uh, of a man, you know. Um, yeah, and you know what's interesting about that is that I have seen some really good sermons given by women, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Women's ministry and there's, you know, all sorts of stuff. Or somebody even, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of hers at all, but Joyce Myers has like this huge ministry, right? So she's the head over her ministry. And for some reason, I feel like that's fine. Like the, the women who run the Proverbs 31 ministry, right? This is good stuff. What I would not want to see is a woman in a corporate leadership position over a flock, of over a congregation. You know, that's, that's what, and even I think I would struggle with 
women being on a board of elders at a church? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say, you know, like the pastor or, you know, the elder has to have, uh, you know, um, uh, a good, you know, godly, um, like a wife of a husband, right? It specifically calls out the, you know, he's, he has to be a, you know, a husband of a household. Yeah, so, sorry, single dudes, for the can't be a preacher. So yeah, Same we shouldn't thing. we should water down you know the water down the past you know like uh, in in light of the feminism that's rising in the West and all these different things, we shouldn't water down you know the the definition that the uh, the scripture says. We you know the woman has a place in the church. You know they, they are to you know uh, encourage to encourage others, exhort as body of the Christ, right? Because all of us are called to encourage each other. Uh, that's in the scripture. Um, it includes the woman as well. But when it comes to leadership, like uh, I agree with the, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Ian Ian Sinius. Yeah. So yeah, that's the whole, that's the position of a church, and I think uh, uh, you know God has God has a wisdom, you know, over this. But God bless. And, and for the record, Jimmy, what I was going to say earlier before I get my call, um, you know, we I, I go to church, and like you know, the head pastor is a guy, um, but there are like women pastors on on staff, and like, uh, anyway, so I'm like, okay, women pastor on staff, great. Like, I'm, I, like, I'm sure Chris would be like, no, you need to read a book that says you cannot be. But I'm, I'm not that. So accurate. I'm not that. Thank you. I'm not that conflicted. So if it was a head, a head pastor that you know was like the, the head person in charge, the decision maker, the ultimate authority of that church, I, I would, I, I would probably not go there. Um, but just having like the presence of a female pastor on, on staff, sure, great, whatever. Um, I, I, I don't feel convicted enough to like, you know, not attend a church because they have women pastors. Um, I, I also don't know exactly what they do. Um, I don't know if they just have the title of pastor, but like they basically run, run, help run a youth group with their husband or if they do some like administrative pastor or I actually don't know what the role is. So, you know, maybe that's bad for me not knowing. But I do know like occasionally when the pastor is gone, uh, they will speak. And that always rubs me a little the wrong way. I, I never like it. Uh, but I'm also not going to, you know, not go to church because occasionally a woman with the title pastor speaks. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. Um, so, anyways, maybe that's good or bad, but that's that's what I do, Jimmy. So, yeah, I can, for what it's worth, that's my situation. Jimmy, similarly, Jimmy, like I come from a fellowship when I converted to Christianity, right? My leader was uh, actually a female, and I don't think you know we called the church, but it was more like a fellowship until one of us actually became, you know, like mature in the Christianity, like in the teaching, right? And then the woman, our, you know, like our leader as a woman, you know, she actually, she actually appointed one of us to be a pastor and, you know, at the same time, you know, help and support and, and you know, um, just support that, like the, the way you were talking about earlier, right? So there is nothing wrong if a woman is a leader in the church because, you know, like, again, it's not Islam where, you know, women are half brained, right? The women are called, you know, to be the best creation in the, in the, in the, in the Bible, in the Genesis. So um, the women um, have a lot of insight and, uh, you know, like are full of insight, you know, like a lot of times, right? So, but the position of the church, I agree that, the, you know, the biblically, the authority is to, to you know, to, to given to the men. Historically and biblically and theologically, I think, you know, but if you disagree, for, I, well, that's okay. Yeah. And, and for the record, like, you know, 
Paul says why, right? Like, he didn't say, like, ew, women are gross. That's why. Ew, yucky women can't be preachers. Like, he lays out the reason, and it has nothing to do with the presence of a penis. Like, he says it's because Eve was tricked, and she's the first one that ate the fruit. That's why. It didn't say because she's a woman and women are so terrible. It's like, well, she's the first person that was tricked. So, if somehow Adam would have been the first one, maybe the story would go, only women can be pastors. Only women were the wife of one husband, because Adam, foolish Adam, not because he's a dude, but because he was the first one who was tricked and ate a fruit. So just saying, like, you know, when people want to talk about the patriarchy and blah, 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 well, does patriarchy have a handle on who did something first? Um, no. So, I mean, if we're looking for reasons, that's why. It's not because of male and female. It's because one person was tricked and ate the fruit first, and the other one did not. So, Just to be you know. clear, not everybody up here agrees with Nate uh, on that point. Oh, okay. Answer it. Did... I mean, did I misquote Paul? That was his reason, right? No, I'm not saying you misquoted Paul. I just think okay. the conclusion about that is wrong. Okay. So um, whenever Paul says because Eve was the first one who was tricked and ate, um, how do you interpret that? Because she's a woman? I think the point of the uh, what the passage is getting at is just using that as an example as to why the woman is not entrusted with authority over the church. Um, if it was equally plausible for the man to have done the exact same thing, then he wouldn't have used that example to be specific to women. If it could have been the other way around, that would have been a terrible example. But also, uh, I think he's pointing more so to something fundamental about female nature and the nature of man. Man is chosen as a representative as a, and as a head for humanity, particularly Adam, and then in the second Adam, Christ, because men are called to be leaders and are supposed to be the archetype for the pattern of those that follow them. So. Sure, I think that's fine. And I think, um, you know, um, I did just read the scripture and you did say a whole lot of I thinks. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that is Incentius's stance. So well, we were talking fine. about the same scripture. So there was no reason to like bring up. We we're looking at the scripture. You asked for my interpretation. I gave you my interpretation. And I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember when I just my, said that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but you tried to throw in like. Well, I heard a lot of odd things. Uh, well, I mean, am I wrong? Uh, like, you know, I, I read the scripture, and, you know, you also read the scripture, but then you, you said, well, I, you, you mean, we both gave an interpretation. Okay, uh, sure. Was, but, I mean, no. it just seems like your conclusions were a little bit of a, little bit of a bit of a leap. Like, we went from someone to something first to, it's totally because it's a woman. Which, I mean, I don't, I don't male, totally, dis I don't totally do disagree with what you're... Do nature are the exact same? I, I'm about to say, I don't totally disagree with what you said. I'm just, you know... Pointing out what I heard. I mean, that's why I said it's fine. I think, Ian, we can hear some disdain uh, implied. And so, what I would point out is that Nate is a happily married man and understands some intricacies of the dynamic which are echoed in the church that perhaps have not come into your life experience yet. So, that's, that's where I would uh, see the difference in these opinions. Um. Nate, I have a couple of questions on this topic. I don't have a conclusion or literal questions. So um, Deborah is described in the book of Judges as a prophetess and a judge over Israel. Can, so can you square that up for me? Uh, yeah, one second, since Jimmy was the one that actually introduced this uh, question. Jimmy, did 
was anything that was said here did that help or answer you at all Just yeah i mean your follow-up yeah i i i've i've read most all the passages you guys are talking about i've talked to other people about it um and i think from what it sounds like the only excuse is the bible points back to genesis and it's like because adam was born first and eve was going to eat the fruit and bada bing bada boom i'm like it, is that the only reason, you know, it's not a sin though, right? It's not a sin to go to a church and, and be led by a woman, uh, past, have a woman pastor. It's not. You would be complicit in sin because you're obeying. That's great. Yeah. I mean, like you're participating in a or a ecclesiastical body or a supposed ecclesiastical body that disobeys the word of God. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is where I guess we'll just disagree. While I don't entirely disagree with you, Ian, I, I would say I'm not going to go as far as to say you're complicit in sin. I would say it's unbiblical, yes. Um, because, you know, everyone, everyone has their inter interpretation. Like, it seems like all of us are, are definitely in unison that, you know, we interpret the Bible as, no, you should not be, at least, we can all agree on, like, head, you know, number one in charge, woman, leader, whatever, senior pastor. Like, it seems like everyone in the stage is agreeing with that. Um but then other people will have their interpretation. So however they figure it out, it, we're going to argue and we'll say, no, here's the verses. And then they'll say, oh, well, here's the verses that say it's okay. So it's going to be a disagreement. So if someone's honestly confused, like I'm not going to pronounce judgment and say, well, you're complicit in sin. If someone's like, yeah, I think the Bible says that, but it's outdated. The Bible's wrong. It is fallible. So I can be a woman pastor. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole bag of trouble there. But if they're like, no, I, I honestly believe this and this is why it's fine. And then there's a congregation member that goes there and, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know. It seems like they know the scripture. And, you know, I'm as far as I studied, you know, their reason makes sense. Um, you know, going innocently like that, ignorantly and innocently. I'm not going to say someone is complicit in sin, but I would definitely say it's unbiblical uh, based on, you know, the consensus of this room, at least. And most of Christianity. So I, I guess we would just maybe disagree there, which is actually fine. I don't mean any disdain, but, you know, we're, I, I usually go a little lighter on, you know, calling people heretics. No one here did today, but usually when Chris calls people heretics, I usually go a little easier on that one. Or, you know, saying someone is like definitely in sin, I usually go a little easier, not to compromise my convictions, but just because, you know, I, I don't know everything there is to know. So glass half full versus glass half doomed. Hope it helps, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on this way too long. We could kind of move on. But it, from what it sounds like, I, I kind of didn't want to accept the fact that, like Ian said, it, it's a, it's probably me joining sinners. Like, it's a sin. Therefore, I'm, like, becoming part of that. That's I think that's taken it way far. And I, the passages are clear in the Bible. I, like, I, I read it. It's black and white. It's clear. End of story. Uh, I guess I just want to see how much of a big deal it was as far as like, dude, you're going astray. You're, you're really falling off the train now. Um, but yeah, we could move on. It, it, I, it, well, you know how I, there's like, well, you know how they say there's gateway drugs and then people argue against that. This is like a gateway drug of heresy. So it's like on its face, like if you start off with like this poison tree and you start off on the wrong foot. Some people will say, no, it's not a gateway. I can sit under one pastor. I don't believe it's biblical, but it's the best church around. Um, it's not a gateway to heresy. And then most of us would be like, well, this is actually a gateway to heresy because, you know, if, if you, you acknowledge that this is unbiblical and you're starting off that way, even if even if there is this is the best church around that you think, 
um, is the best church around. Well, still, how long is it going to be? Because if they're wrong in this, or they know they're wrong and they're powering through, or if they're ignorant of it, how long is it going to be before they teach something else that's undoctrinal? And then how long is it be before you know before you look back and you're like, wow, how far have I gone wrong? So, yeah, I would say that. So without saying you know you're a vile sinner, I would also say I wouldn't go to that church. <laughs> so I'm, maybe I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too, and I can't. But yeah, I, I wouldn't call you a sinner, but I would also say, you know, try another church. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Nate. So I, I think that this might relate to some of my questions. Um, again, like, um, so De in the book of Judges, Deborah served as a prophetess and a judge over Israel. So can you can you square that up for me? Can I say something about that, Nate? Uh, yeah, and I would love to hear if Pastor Mark could say something about that. But uh, as far as, oh, okay. you know, I, I don't recall, like, I, I know, um, maybe I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm getting Phoebe and Deborah confused. Uh, Deborah, wait, Deborah was a judge, right? Yes. Yeah, and prophetess. Okay, um, off the top of my head, I what are you what are you looking for? I don't know what else I would say except I mean it says prophetess and judge, but neither of those are a pastor. So okay, all right. So so those are different positions. Okay, and then, oh yeah, um, yeah, got it. Okay, I would and make then, a comment and then, as well. What one more, and I'll, I'll shut up. Um, so Junior, um, Paul referred to her as kinsman um so is that him what does he mean by kinsman there is he saying she's equal or she's a friend or like what so i would i would want to look this up but i guarantee she's not saying he's not saying she's like whatever you said equal no not like that like it, it just without even religious stuff like if someone's kinsman then they're like you know family or part of the clan or part of the people or part of the group or part of the, you know, brother and sister in Christ, like, it, it I, I guarantee, I'm going to look this up, can you give me a chapter and verse? The answer is going to be one of those things. It's not like, um, you know, a spiritual, authoritative, apostolic equal, or something like that. I, I guarantee uh, it, the answer Romans, is going to be one of the um, other ones. 16, 7. Okay, yeah, Al, and then Ian wanted to say something um, while I looked that up. Romans, yeah. Romans what? 16, 7. Romans yeah, 16, before, 7. Go ahead, Al, and then Ian. Yeah, God bless. Uh, before, before we go to Romans, you know, Judges, like I'm, I'm working out right now, but anyway, as far as I remember, you know, you can correct me, CEO. Um, so she was actually sent as a, a prophetess to, uh, what was the guy's name? Barak or Barak or Barak? I can't remember. So anyway, you know, um, he was not, he was afraid to, you know, stand against the enemy, right? And that God sends, you know, uh, Deborah to uh, give uh, encouragement to Barak. And since, you know, has not the Lord, you know, given you the courage, you know, to fight against and then, you know, as a prophecy and that God is going to prevail over them. And uh, he listened to the, you know, prophetess and the judge, uh, Deborah. And as a result, you know, Barak, Barak or Barak, you know, actually becomes, you know, like uh, a victorious, right? And uh, she's recognized for her courage and, uh, you know, and also being a prophetess to Barak, sent by God. So the message of God, you know, is sent to Barak. That way, you know, um, she is bringing the God's message to the the army of God, right? That's what you're talking about, Sia? Yeah. Yeah, God bless, bro. And real quick, uh, before you go, Ian, I got the answer. Yeah, it's what I said. It's either, uh, it's either, and he also talks about fellow prisoners. So it's either someone who's captive with them or it's someone related by blood, like actual kin. 
or like fellow countrymen. So that that is the context. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, I'll just add this. Deborah's position as judge and as prophetess was actually like a, an indictment against Israel. It was like a also like a punishment. It was a way for God to sort of, in a way, humiliate Israel for their disobedience. Um, yeah, exactly. So, Steph, would you like to explain your laughter? No. <laughs> Sorry. I'm with you, Steph. <laughs> Uh, Ahmed, uh, welcome. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum al Okay. Um, I I like what you're doing here, but just joking, bro. Just uh, joking, bro. <laughs> Ahmed, good to see okay. you, bro. It's been a long time. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, man. God bless. You. I was just joking. It's okay. So <clears throat> I, I like what you're doing here, guys. You are just like preaching in the word of God. And I think this is really nice. Uh, I have nothing to add. Uh, you know, I only have problems with people who are in comparison of religions. But since you are just like, um, what do you do? Like uh, preaching the word of God, I don't think this is something that is bad. Actually, it's something that is good if you believe in Christianity. And it is wonderful for you to believe in something. Uh, noted. Uh, if you have anything to say or add, let us know. Believe me, if I say anything, I will, <laughs> I will really like... What do you Stir the pot. How do you say it? Yeah. So uh, I, I like what you're doing. Just keep going. But if, oh. if there is a question, if I could say one question, it is one question that I've been like, what do you think about the Bible like uh, written by other people than Jesus himself? Well, I think you, you know surely. Well, I mean, sure you surely you know what we would say. Like you know, we believe it's inspired by God. So you know, just like I don't, I don't listen to the words of Paul or you know read the words of the prophets and think I better listen to this because this totally came from the mind of men. We believe this was totally divinely inspired by God. So we're reading the words of God. It just happened to be written down by people. Um, so that's, I mean, that's what I would say. Uh, Ian? Do you mind if I challenge you on this a little bit? Oh, you can try, but I think we'll just disagree. No problem. Let's do it like friendly. How about that? That's how it usually starts out. <laughs> yeah, what's up? If, if things just got heated, uh, let's just end it and be friends. How about this? Sure. Sounds good. Great. Okay. Now, um, First of all, uh, uh, let's just agree on something that is divine, like the Holy Bible. You say it's, a, it's the Word of God, so it must be something that is divine, uh, I think, right? Sounds good so far. Great. Now, my challenge is, if we have the words of God, it shouldn't have any contradiction or mistakes, correct? And this is where I would say, like the Quran, uh, yes, that is correct. 
<laughs> do not comparison the Quran. If you want to speak about the Quran, let's speak about the Quran. But leave the Quran alone. We are talking about Christianity. The room name okay. is Ask About Christianity. Okay? So, again, if it is the word of God, then it should be clear of contradictions or uh, mistakes. Am I right? Sure. Great. Now, how do you how do you explain the mistakes, the numerical ones, or other contradiction that there is in the uh, Bible? Oh, why don't you find one for us, and we'll tell you why it's not. Great. Okay, let's start with a simple one like uh, the age of Akazia. Do you know I that love one? that question. I do know that one. And Great. So Go this would be this would be where you know. Do we believe the Bible is without mistakes? And we would say yes. And then you'll bring up the King James copy that was put together through a scribal error that came many years after the original manuscript. So yeah, the original manuscript, well, well, it was like a margin off to the side, right? Anyways, no, it was like a, it, it was like. But people okay, do yes. say the two and the four, the, like the two characters used for two and the four look alike. But it, it, it wasn't a scribal error. It's even preserved in the Septuagint. Well, hang the on. Yeah. That it, the reason that it's that way. Well, it's, it's not a scribal error. I'm just telling you it's not. So, the reason that it's 42 in Chronicles and uh, 22 elsewhere is because 42 in Ezra's writing style refers to the age of the dynasty. If you add up the kings before Ahaziah and his family, you get 42 years old. And so that's when he assumes the throne. And we know this contextually because if you look at the previous chapter when it talks about his father's death, it says that his father reigned for eight years, and he died at age 38. Uh, Ezra assumed the throne at 40. We know that Ezra can't be older than his father when he uh, assumes the throne. right? Or uh, rather, it says that you know, if he was to be taken literally as uh, his age, he would be four years older than his father at his father's death, which is not possible. So we add up the age or add up the time of each king's reign before Ezra and his family, you get 42 years. Well, there you go. Can I ask a question, Ahmed, as well? Since you're asking me a question about Islam? Sure. Yeah, so if you go to Surat in this uh, uh, 82, can you read it for us, please? If you have the Quran. I do have the Quran. Yeah, can you read it for us, please, brother? Surah An-Nisa. Yeah, eighty-two. Eighty-two. Yeah. Hold on, it just takes some time. No problem. Okay, so while he's waiting, for the record, um, you know, tell me all the ways I failed you, Ian, in a minute. But apparently there is no consensus on the reason, so what you say could be fine. And what I was going to continue saying is some would even say, I'm sure I'm wrong. I know you're going to tell me why I'm so wrong in a minute. But if I can finish the sentence, some will say, like, the reasoning of the people, why they call it a scribal error, is something like it's basically akin to, like, a straight line or a curved line or a slash line. I'm sure those are all wrong too, but that could be the reason for the discrepancy. But apparently, 
there is no actual consensus. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I I have got the, uh, sir. Yeah. Let me say this real quick, Nate. The reason I say that right is because there's. I'll just say that there's no reason to even say that this is scribal error because either reading is fine because it would be conveying accurate information. Whether 42 or 22, you know, that would be fine. And so, in this case, like, uh, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but I'll say this, right? Um, I just don't, I'm not convinced that the that this is a scribal error. And yeah, there's a very minute difference, and so it could be 22. Like, a scribe can make that mistake. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. But I think 42 is attested to for a reason. I don't think you're... Again, this is where I, I wouldn't like outright disagree. I think what you said is fine too. The larger point um, that I will now make is is to let people know that you know we don't think that everything is necessarily divinely inspired. So I mean, like the original manuscripts, yes, but like if someone took the manuscripts and made you know a thousand copies and then made a thousand copies and then made a thousand copies, that's the point. So it's not like you know copies of copies of copies of copies. If there's an error in there. That was the ultimate point I was trying to make. Like no one, no one is saying like you know everyone that makes a copy of a copy of a copy is going to be divinely inspired. We believe the original autographs. So it's not divine what, anymore, right? If that's what you took away, you need to listen again. So we believe the original stuff is inspired. Turns out people write really good copies, though. That's the point. So like if you're like, oh well, I found a I found a you know a copy that someone someone gave me, and it was by like you know someone with like no education that just like copied shapes. And they'd be like, oh, look, there's errors. Like, okay, well, clearly that's not a divinely inspired copy from God. That's someone that just, you know, tried their best and they failed miserably. Um, that's the point. Again, now, if we have something called the Word of God, and you just start adding to it or taking away from it, so it's not the Word of God anymore. If you had a hand, and, and whatever God is dictating on you, then simply it's not the word of God. It's the word of Nate, the word of Steph, the word uh, of whoever who changed it. It's not the word of God. The word of God is unchangeable. You get the idea? Sure, don't change it. So, well, but they did. Question for you. Uh, did, did Muhammad have like... Prophet a... Muhammad? Yes. Did, did he have like a digital recording or how was he able to like literally write down everything? Uh, great. That's a great without, question. Without his mind just like melting. He was just able able to perfectly understand it. Just just walk me through. how. Great. That's that's really a great question. Uh, but in order to answer you this question, I would like to ask you. Uh, do you know uh, the companions of Prophet Muhammad? How how many were they? No, I do not know this. It is 120,000 persons. So he had a staff that also heard God? Or just explain to me what that... Well, the Quran didn't came like by night. They didn't just sit down and wrote it. It went down... On a period of uh, 26 years. Okay, so, so did they also, on these? So did they also hear from Allah directly themselves? No, they heard it from Prophet Muhammad and they memorized it. 
Got it. Okay. So, so Prophet Muhammad basically heard the entire Quran um, from Allah and then was able to have a perfect memory, retain all of it over 26 years. And then the 120,000 people he communicated with were all able to perfectly capture Memorize his it, yes. memory of the 26 years. Uh, hold, hold, that is correct. One second, Ahmed, Ahmed, one second. Uh, you're missing some uh, intermediate points. As Ahmed said previously, the Quran was not revealed in one block over one night. The Quran, as he said, was revealed part by part, verse by sometimes just one verse, sometimes a couple of verses, sometimes a whole chapter over over days, over nights, over months, on a long period of time. May, and every may time... I ask, you, may I ask uh, him a question well, about well, that? I, well, yeah, I, yeah, of so, course. So, of course. I, so if, if I can continue just because I want to... Uh, wait, hang, hang on real fast. I, Guys, I I have, I, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I, I have very limited time. Um, I appreciate the Ask a Muslim, but that's, that's not what I want to dedicate my time to because I, I just don't have the bandwidth for that. So I only have about maybe 10 minutes. Um, can we get the conversation back on track and see yeah, how I guarantee sure. if you have questions, I guarantee so you if you have questions for Muslims, they will probably entertain you all the time you need. Um, but yeah, I don't have time for that here. Um, where actually yeah. were we before that? <laughs> yeah, well, we, were, we, we were talking about, about uh, the Bible the and how of it the was changed. We're getting yes. one answer at Nate, a time. Nate, I don't he actually, I don't, I don't have a question. I just wanted to point out that his prophet was actually bewitched. So while he's talking about all this stuff and manuscripts and talking, he's going to have to prove that the Quran didn't come down when his prophet was under magic spells cast uh, by the Jews. Mrs. Snow, do you just get cold? That out there. Do you get cold? No, like flu. What? Ahmed, Ahmed, you didn't. Do you get the 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 flu? You get the flu, right? In the winter. Hold on, Mr. L. Mr. Hall, hold on, just let me talk to Snow, just one second. No, 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 you didn't you get the flu. I will answer your question. I don't want to derail, I don't want to derail Nate, but um, your prophet was bewitched. It wasn't the flu. He was imagining things that he had not done. So if you got the flu or, or some illness, do we not trust you anymore? Thank if you. I'm mentally ill and I'm imagining that I'm having sexual relations when I am not, that's not the flu. That's a mental illness. I mean, was... And your prophet was giving revelations while he was bewitched. And I'll post that in the chat. He forgot all, a lot of the verses in the Quran, and we can prove that, uh, Ahmed. He f uh, yeah, he did, oh, say, please he did do. say, no, 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 please he's do. a human, after all, uh, L. He did say once, he heard one of his companions reading a verse, uh, reading a chapter or a verse, and he said, oh, he reminded me of it. That's, that's no issue. He's a human, Bro. right? He forgets. So how did, how did you, okay, so how did, so was it part of the Quran today or no? Okay, you're going to now go back to the old eliminated verses, oh, and this, and explain yeah, where yeah, these bro. verses are? Is that what you're going to go to, yeah, Al? Yeah, yeah. What, what is the, uh, you know, the, uh, the verse about suckling, the About the sucklings, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, God has, has a verse in the Quran that says, وَمَنَنْسَهُ مِنْ آيَةٍ no, uh -huh. I'll be, I don't want to misquote the Quran. If we yeah, yeah. abrogate a verse, we either bring uh -huh. something better or... So, Aisha, right, right, right. I, I know the abrogation, Nas and Mansur, right? Uh, but uh, according to Aisha, you know, Muhammad, after, uh, you know, Muhammad died, Aisha is saying that, you know... Who is Muhammad? Who is Muhammad, bro? The prophet. Prophet, bro. 
Oh, Prophet Muhammad, you, you know, mean? No, we don't do yeah, that. Yeah, no, we can just prophet. say Muhammad. We don't have to. Yeah, say, no, yeah. no. Just mm -hmm. he asking who, which Muhammad you're talking about, because that's on the history. There is a lot of Muhammad. You have to say Prophet Muhammad you know so exactly we know who you are talking about. No, unfortunately, I'm not as smart as you. The one who was bewitched. The one who was bewitched. That one. Sure. Okay. And who forgot the verses of the Quran too? That one. He's a human. I don't know what you're trying to prove here. If you forgot, he is Ahmed. Ahmed. Hold on, Mo. Ahmed. How many like so? How many like contradictions I have to have to prove that the the Quran is you know not from God? Give me a. According to the verse, I give it to. No, I mean one. Okay. Okay. One second. Okay, one sec. Yeah, take your do, time. Do you want me to answer though about Aisha saying there was a verse in the Quran talking about the sucklings? Do you want me to talk about it, or do you just you were just when I said uh, when I talked about abrogation? Okay, you forgot about the the whole topic. By the way, the original yeah, no. uh, subject yeah. was we one, were talking about one, the Bible. Ahmed, Ahmed, I told one, you, right? there's, there's a science no called science abrogation. <laughs> you guys no, just no, like every no, time no, we no, speak, no one can change the word you of God, just right? no get scared. Obviously, obviously, uh, uh, obviously, a god can change the word of God since the adult suckling is not in the Quran. Isn't that the contradiction? No, God changed it. God abrogated. It's Who not ate the it? No more. Who ate it? What? No, no, no. Bring that. Bring that hadith where Aisha says that you know before you know uh, after, even after the death of Muhammad. You know, she, said we, she said we yeah, yeah. had in the past yeah, yeah. tense, right? Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, it we up, had bring it past up. tense. It says actually that the five, it, it was abrogated to five. And after five, it, it wasn't abrogated. Still, it was like five times, you know, you but, had to sacrifice. But, it, but it refers to that verses, these verses. In what tense does it refer to them? In the past tense, yeah. adult right? Cycling, adult cycling. No, no, no. She Even, even uh, Omar says that, you know, there used to be uh, a verse about the stoning. And uh, you know, like for the um, uh, for the adultery, and then he says, "I know the I know the those you know verses, but you know people do not accuse me of you know like adding to the Quran. I will not do that." So he didn't want to do that because you know he he didn't want to be the one that being accused. Because why? Abrogated. Because abrogated. No, it's not. Show how, me where it's uh, okay. How, show how me you, where it's okay. Abrogated. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell yeah, you yeah, how good. I'm gonna tell you why, how the companions know which verses were abrogated and which verses still. Because Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in his in his hadith said, every Ramadan, Angel Gabriel comes down to him, and together he revised. They revised the Quran. Uh, Muhammad recites the Quran on G Angel Gabriel, and that's how they revise it. And then, of course, Prophet Muhammad revises the Quran with his cycling, people. Bro. Talk about the cycling. If it was. I'm get, I'm get, oh, I'm even the muta was even, even the muta was right. Yeah. In the what? Talk about the, even, even the, the muta. But let's stay on the on the adult suckling, bro. Yeah, as I told you, it got. Yeah. If it's not there, that means during the revision, it wasn't where, there. Where? It got Show abrogated. Hold on, they what, revised the, word, the perfect words? word of Allah. I just want everyone yeah. to understand. Mo is criticizing the Bible, but he just said on stage that Prophet Muhammad revised the perfect speech of Allah. With Thank who? Yeah, with who? With who did he know? With, with, with a beautiful man that met him at night in his tent, who he claimed was the angel Gabriel who was squeezing him. Squeezing right. him and asking him to read, and he never did read. I just found, yeah, the, ha I just found the hadith. Guys, uh, you know, audience, please attention. Uh, give, give your attention. It says, the verse of stoning and adult breastfeeding uh, ten times was revealed, and the paper was with me under my pillow. Like the Quran was, the Musaf was 
with me under the under my pillow. When the Messenger of Allah died, we were preoccupied with his death, and a tame sheep came and ate it. Yes. Nowhere it says that you know. Nowhere it says it was abrogated. There is another hadith. Let me read it for this you. This is not about this. The, the, she's not talking about the sucklings, though. There, she's talking about. It just is. The it is. No, Did no, it say no. sucklings? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. So, it does. so it does. if I if I brought a, a, a version of uh, any any this hold on. So if I brought a Quran right now and I just like set it on fire, that means that there is no Quran anymore. There's no other copy of it? Okay. No, 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 no. Like, this is really show weak, me, uh, weak no, argument, Ahmad, bro. Ahmad, Mo, Ahmad, Mo. Show me the verse of adult suckling five times because it was abrogated from 10 to 5. Show me the five of them in the Quran and we'll see. Okay, Al, if, if you, you are refusing to listen. Al, you are refusing to listen. When Aisha talks Yo. about these verses, she talks about them in the past tense. She never said we still have them. She said back then we had those verses. We had it at 10 and then we had it at 5. Always in the past tense. What do you understand from this? This is not Master no, English. No, this is basically. Wait, can, I, can, I, can, can I tell you what we, we understand? Lie, Hold on, Mo, lie. Mo, Mo, no. Mo, again, this is perfect, and we thank you for being up here because you just said the Quran. Yeah. There was something in the Quran that they had, and now they don't. So again, your perfect speech of Allah, it's not perfect anymore because you had it, now you don't. And, Do you and, see what a explain, genius you did are? Did I explain why we don't have it no more? Did I not explain that? You were yeah. No, you so, never gave so the source, Mo. You guys. I, okay, okay. Yeah. Let me let me spoon feed it to you, Snow, because... Yeah, please Mo, Mo, Mo. Hold on, hold on. Hang on, wait, wait, hang on, hang on a second. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I, I just let that go on so long because I, I had to leave soon anyway. Um... Al and Snow, <laughs> I would love to talk to you guys more. Um, but yeah, I have to run. Chris is going to, I guess, keep the discussion going. I don't think he can speak, but um, I guess he'll like, lay down the hammer or whatever. But uh, Al, I think we've talked before. Snow, have we talked before? Yeah, yeah. Snow um, sometimes snow. we have, but I won't. I won't. I won't continue with it. I just couldn't hear anymore. I was getting physically sick listening to it. So I, I was physically that. sick about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I just let it go. I, I was going to try to change, but I knew I had to leave soon, so I thought I'd just let people see. You know, um, I don't know. For those who are Christians, I, I often let people experience the closest they'll get to hell by letting open dialogue happen in these rooms. So if you're alive in Christ, this is as close to hell as you'll ever get. Um, Yay. Chris, did you want to? Did you want to say something, Chris? Nate, Nate, I gotta, I gotta jump in for just one second. Nate, um, this is, this is a, uh, this is a welfare check. Please step away from the hammer. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Bro, so um, can you give me two I, seconds? Let me explain. Uh, you know, the adult breastfeeding, because I think the Christians who don't know about this, you know, they will find it, you know, amazing and also helpful, you know, to understand. Up like, to you, Chris. We, if you want to do it in like thirty seconds, man, do it. Yeah, but yeah. Like, no, no, no. Know, I will not. I, I don't think anyone like cares this. that much unless we go to a, like a Muslim room and want to argue with. No, at least, you know, they would know. Okay, I'll take 30 seconds, but thank you so much for your being gracious. So, according to Islam, there is something called uh, har, uh, like mahram, uh, somebody who is not allowed for you to marry, okay? Mahram are people who are not, uh, like if they're a woman, they don't have to, you know, be covered with the, the piece of clothing, right? So, uh, like, they're not allowed to be close to your woman, to your children, and all of that stuff. So, Muhammad, you know, like when he told everyone, you know, to cover themselves up, like the wives and the, uh, the ladies, you know, there was a problem because they had to commingle, right, the people in the society. So the way Muhammad came up with the solution is like, uh, you know, um, he said, uh, suckle, like he told the woman, 
uh, older, like old woman, like adult woman, right? Suckle the adult man, that way uh, he becomes your child. And after that, you guys can do whatever you want to do. You know, they can come. You don't have to be covered with them. You can work with them. You can do whatever you want to. So that was the solution Muhammad brought. So anyway, God bless you. See what happens when you're late, Michael and Chris? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm. I can never uh, unhear them. All right. I'm, I'm, um, Michael, I'm at a place called Cherry Pocket Steak and Seafood right now. And they are Cherry? a client of Ooh, mine. Interesting. Okay. And uh, the owners are Canucks. And so really? they're extremely Canadian. They come down here, they run their business. They go back up there and they have a bunch of businesses they run. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Where are they so from? Just thought you'd... Where are they from? Uh, you would ask me that. I don't know. I just, you know, I figure Canada is just all one place. Like, there's only like seven of you, so. Is it, is it Canada like other. a city or something? Like, yeah, it's only the second largest land mass on the planet. It's okay. It's fine. This is fine. This is all fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, Chris, your homework is to find out where they're from. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, 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 it's funny. So I spent most of the last 15 or so minutes um, driving home from an appointment and honestly giggling because it, it, it's it's when I hear stuff like this, you know, so for anyone who is on the stage left that doesn't know who I'm, I'm an atheist. Um, and I, I hear these, you know, these these stories of people talking about the, these books and stuff like that. And I, I, I wonder sometimes like the, the question I have sometimes for people is, you know, you and it's rhetorical, obviously, you know, if you wonder why I'm not keen to hear these stories, there's this this all this unbelievable amounts of disagreement and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, I, I wasn't aware that, uh, you know, some of the things that there was a woman speaking, I'm sorry, I don't know who you were talking about, you know, Muhammad being bewitched. Um, I, I wasn't aware that anyone, I don't think any people can get bewitched because I don't think witches are a thing, but um, yeah, I mean, he was also illiterate and epileptic. So that, that can be a problem as well. But anyway, well, I'm, I'm sure well, that, I'm sure that'll stir up a little bit. Yeah. Well, Michael, I don't believe anything that's written down about Muhammad. I was just using that because that's the authentic Sunni source, and these men were Sunnis. So they can't deny that their prophet was, in fact, under the effect of magic done by a Jew with a hair comb, and he was imagining sexual activities. That's all that was. Wow. Yeah. While revealing Quran, that's the problem. <laughs> okay, I'm done, Chris. I'm done, Nate. I'm sorry. I'm done. I mean, this is just easier to just believe Jesus. I mean, it's it's much more palatable and true. Ahem. That's my claim. Okay. Uh, well, Snow, do you have any? Are are you like someone like I, I like I keep thinking people are like different people. Like, no, that's me. I just switch my name. I just switch my name. Did you like switch your name, or is this always your name? It was always my name. Um, the Muslims got me banned a few times, but it's always been Snow something. I've been in, oh. I, I have spoken to you before. You sound familiar. Back. I guess I just mm -hmm. don't remember snow. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, that was nothing. Else I, I tell you, it was nothing if not entertaining. And when I say giggling, there was, you know, there was this part of me where I just imagined Nate sitting at his desk with his head in his hands. Um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe morbid, uh, Maybe morbid pleasure. <laughs> yes, that, I, I think so. 
And it's like, it's like who, you know, we don't have to be prophets to know how this is going to go. It's like, hey, I don't have anything. I'm just listening. I'm like, wonderful. He's like, well, if I did, I have one question. I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, um, you believe the Bible is the word of God, right? I'm like, uh-huh. And then he's like, basically like, okay, it's totally wrong. Tell me all the reasons it's wrong. Here's why, here's why, here's why. I'm like, okay, so we just compare contradiction to the Quran. He's like, the Quran's perfect. It's perfect. And then, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, wow, who saw that coming? Doesn't make me a prophet. <laughs> I don't want to derail the room or anything. I can go back down or whatever you guys were talking about. Oh, no, you guys talk whatever you want. Chris is in charge now. I'm running away. I'm taking my ball and going home. <laughs> or Snow, since you have no challengers, maybe you and Al can uh, give, a, give a master class on, on the Quran. <laughs> We could, but I feel like people in this room are annoyed by it, so I don't, I don't want to keep. It's just well, we've got a lot of people. Filth. Yeah, filth. come, come on up, people. Let me send out some random invites. Um, King uh, yes, Pro, ma'am. King Pro is a Muslim. Maybe he can come teach us why he loves Muhammad. Ooh, that's fun. I'll invite him, and now I have to go. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. I did send an invite. All right, King, if you can speak, jump on up. I invited you. Later, everyone.